Hello, and welcome to the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. I am your host, Mike Petchy. How are you? I am hanging out live in the studio with my bud, partner in crime, Lance Williams. Hey, Lance, what's happening, dude? I'm convinced if I knew how to play guitar and I could just play that, <laughs> I would amplify my sex appeal tenfold. <laughs> like it's just there? Yeah, like... I wouldn't know any other songs. It would just be that. Like, <laughs> I'd just go to like open bars and be like, hey, you guys mind if I get on the guitar for a bit? And be like, yeah, I mean, go ahead, man. And I get through and just do that. Right here, right here. Uh, it, is, it is kind of a flex. That's yeah, pretty nice. This is, we're very, very lucky on the show to have uh, Betamax providing music That's for Betamax. Us. This is Betamax, dude. And I think this is my favorite uh, Betamax track. It's just very nostalgic, strangely. Yeah. I can't place it. It's almost like Miami Vice-y. Yeah. You know what I always makes me think of is that, that scene, and I feel like the music in this scene is not even close, but it makes me think of Big Trouble in Little China that morning at the dock when they're when they're doing the uh, the bets for who can cut the bottle and they got the <laughs> poker game going or whatever the fuck they're doing. I don't for some reason I just feel like I want to be walking in the background just listening to this and watching that whole setting go on. I love it, dude. I love it. Be my uh, own personal soundtrack. Yeah, well, I know that this is your favorite song, so it's one of the reasons shit. why I started the show. Um, and we're just letting it ride here. It's that reverb. It's like that sexy, yeah, shimmery. It it sounds like when you hear it live. You know what I mean? It it ha- it has such a full sound. It's like it's all encompassing. Yeah, ah, oh, it's so good, so rad, man. Um. Anyway, hard stop. <laughs> um. <laughs> and abrupt. Uh. Good to have you on the show again, dude. It's been a while. Thanks for having me back. Thank you for having me back. I don't remember. It's been at least at least thirty episodes. At least. I don't know. 30 episodes that I've done with you? No. I was going to say, holy shit. (laughs) I don't hang out a lot, but I don't know if that's an accurate number. (laughs) I'm going for the record, though. I feel like you need to have a poster that looks like arcade high scores, and you got to keep changing it for who has the most episodes. I'm going for the top score. I think you're at the top at this point. Fuck yeah. I think you are. I mean, Brett's been on a few times. Fuck you, Brett. Gina's been on, spot. but Gina's, a lot of hers don't count because it's like walk by snarky comment, pissed off. That I'm, <laughs> that you got to be a guest. You yeah, got to be a guest. Yeah, Nobody counts. Yeah, okay. All right. I like these rules. Um, so uh, what's new, man? What's going on? So um, waiting for December to hit. Mm-hmm. December, I think, 21st or 22nd. They officially released Don't Look Up. Oh, right. That's where I forgot that you're in this. Adam McKay directed Leo, Jen. Uh, I have my moments. Uh, we're in the cold open, so you, know, you, you would hope that they don't manage to cut around it. <laughs> you never know. It'll just... All the actors listening, don't get excited if you get some good shit. They can cut you the fuck out. I put a call into McKay, but yeah. I was like... Just his hands and the back of his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my friends were like, oh, we got to do a thing when it comes out. Because they're dropping it in theaters. I'm so glad you're doing this. It, it releases in theaters first. No, I'm sorry. December 10th, theaters first. Mm-hmm. And then they give us 12 days until it releases on Netflix. So December 22nd oh. comes on Netflix. 
Um, and, and I'm grateful they're doing that. But a bunch of my friends were like, oh, we all get together. We'll go to the theater and see it. Or we could just do a thing at the house and watch it when it comes on Netflix. And there's a little tiny, tiny part of me that's like, I don't want to do that because <laughs> I want to see it first. <laughs> And temper my expectations. So if, if I have like one line now out of the fucking week of shooting, I can be like, eh, maybe you don't, we don't need to get together for this. <laughs> yeah, we, we can watch it over the to, phone. Yeah, it's I'll not a you. big, big deal. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you what, you watch it and just let me know what you think of the whole movie. Forget about my stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and then the end of this month, 25th, I fly back to Boston shooting the Whitney Houston biopic. That's big news. Yeah, playing, uh, God, I, I suddenly just, I, I'm supposed to talk to him this week. Because it's, it's spelled G-E-R-Y. I don't know if that's Jerry or Gary. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm, so I, I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, but, but I've been calling him Jerry this whole time, so I hope that's right. Who is he in the... In the in Jerry the... Griffith is the guy who discovered Whitney Houston. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so that's I, not... That's I mean, like... That's that's no small potatoes. They're probably not going to cut that out of the movie. <laughs> I fucking hope not. If, if they do, I'll go to his house and we'll have a drink and we'll both be pissed about it. I'm like, it's bullshit. They didn't tell your story. And also... I didn't get any fucking screen time. What's going on? It's great, um, man. Fucking Whitney. Yeah, and I'm excited because you think about the work, right? Mm-hmm. As it is, the process. Mm-hmm. Um, my scenes are all with Clive Davis's character, played by Stanley Tucci. Oh, that's fucking man. crazy. Man. That's crazy. So, if anything, you get to just sit around and watch this guy fucking work. Yeah. If Whenever there's scenes or moments we're shooting and I don't have dialogue, it's... The thing I'm trying to focus on is just still staying present. Still remember that we're performing still. We have to be alive here mm-hmm. because I know there's a part of me in the back of my mind that's just going to want to watch him do his thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, I suppose he's a really nice guy. So He seems like it. Yeah. I want to buy his cookbook when I get to Boston. Just like so when, when we're done, I can be like, listen... I, this was great. It was so awesome working with you. Can you just fucking sign this thing, please? <laughs> like, like I, I, I'm a, such a big fan of cooking. Yeah. And I get to work with this guy yeah. who, he, like, he has this whole corner pocketed now of him cooking. Like, there's all these videos on his Instagram of like him in Italy going to. Yeah, like, he's had a show. He's got stuff. a show. Yeah, he's got a show. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating. You know. Yeah. My parents called. My mom called me up. She goes, "Have you seen the Stanley Tucci show?" And I'm like. Ugh. And meanwhile, yeah. my mom's watching like Acorn Network shit right now where I'm like, Wait, what is Acorn Network? It is it is what the Hallmark channel used to be. So it is super lame, uh, easygoing for uh, people over the age of 60. <laughs> and my mom used to be, you know, action movie crazy lady. And now yeah. she's watching Acorn Network. And so Stanley Tucci has replaced Murder, She Wrote. Well, that's I don't know if he's on the Acorn Network. But when my mom said, hey, have you seen the new Stanley Tucci show? I rolled my eyes and I assumed that like it was like, like some Acorn, Christmas drama. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, well, yeah. okay. Uh, but no, I watched it. It's pretty good. I forget what channel it's on. I think Is it a travel channel thing? Um, that wouldn't make sense. I think it is. I think it's something like that. And uh, it's pretty good. He traveled through Italy. Um, basically did essentially what I did the last time I went to Italy, which was like, go buy food. So he goes to ah. areas by food. And you can do that as a tourist. If you go into Italy, you can actually hit the spots where it's like, this is where the best balsamic vinegar comes from. And this is Ooh. where the best like bu- buffalo mozzarella was created. And, and so like it, you can do that yeah. route, which is a fucking blast. That actually. sounds exciting. I recently... Um got turned on to balsamic and, and, and you know how I feel about vinegar. I'm not a fan, <laughs> but balsamic to me, there's something in that flavor to me that I fucking well, it's love cause it, it's sweet. It's not as, yeah, it's, it's not as vinegary. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tried to do it at home. I bought balsamic 
I bought a um, lavender infused olive oil, so it has mm-hmm. tiny little petals in it. And I was like, ah, fuck it, let's try it. Mm-hmm. Fancy stuff. And and I got in there, I did the thing where you put in a little saucer dish and you put both in there and it didn't work out the same way. <laughs> it looks like when the Baron from Dune is getting bathed. And I was like, this is, <laughs> I don't know if I've done the right things here. <laughs> the trick is, because when you go to like, um, that's very much an Olive Garden thing that you did. If you mm-hmm. if you go to like the regular spots, it's separate. The move is you make like a little that. you make a little pile of the vinegar and you make a little a puddle rather. You make a little puddle of the vinegar, a little puddle of the oil, and then you can control. I like that way your more. Mix. I like that way more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, so I didn't get it wrong. People are just dumb across the board. No, I mean, I mean, if you go. I don't want to be. I don't want to sound. I, I don't. I don't want to sound judgmental. But I. You I'm can't being, see his face, but there was a moment of contemplation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah being very judgmental. Like if you go to fucking Olive Garden, it's it's yeah. just like blah 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 blah. You know, and it's just in yeah. this bowl, and you're like, okay, so what is this like? I, I want the individual flavors. I want the different yeah. experiences, and then if I want to mix it together, then it, that's the curiosity kicks and you go, what do these things taste like together? Yeah, and that's exciting, man. That's it makes me think because you said he got to travel to all the spots where different foods, mm-hmm. for, like say the Italian menu, were, were really strong in those areas. I asked uh, my cousins in town. Oh, well, he was just in town, so we saw him last night. And uh, the question that came up was, everyone always asks if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Yep. What fascinates me more now is if you could travel anywhere in the world, but you were basing your destination off the food that's in that place, where would you go then? This is a question you're throwing at me? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mind you, this is not my big question for you. Today, oh, okay. But uh, it's just a fun one. Where would I go based upon the food? All right. Yeah, resettle so that just this mic because my fucking back is like, yeah, this yeah, is no, not going to work out in the long run. Make it work for you. Do you want a different seat or something? You okay? No, this is good. Okay. It's making me feel very tall. All right. Uh, yeah, because I'm settled down. So <laughs> I'm um, like the king and I right now. Okay, so food stuff. Selfishly, selfishly, mm-hmm. part of me wants to go back to Boston for good seafood again. So then there's, there's a level of that. And we've found a couple spots out here. Uh, that ships stuff in. So I just recently had East Coast oysters. Are you an oyster person? I enjoy oysters. I can't do a bunch of them. Yeah, I get two or three and then I'm done. Okay. So I can't do West Coast oysters. There's a difference between East Coast and West Coast. And the way I described West Coast oysters is that they're a little peanut buttery. So like they're they're mm. like a little thick. Yeah. And East Coast oysters are very refreshing, very briny, very salty. Yeah. And so whenever I have an East Coast oyster, I think of swimming in the ocean and, you know, trying to do a flip underwater and getting oh, wow. salt water. In your yeah. nose. So it's like that kind of vibe. And you can taste it in different areas. And a lot of the oysters that come from the East Coast are from the Cape and are from Barnstable and are from Sandwich and all those places that I yeah. grew up. So it's essentially the same seawater. I still I love that with. you grew up in a place where close by was a town called Sandwich. Sandwich Mass, yeah. <laughs> And my mom called me the other day and she goes, your father got me the worst sandwich. And I go, where'd you get the sandwich from? She goes, sandwich. And I go, oh, oh so wow, you got the worst sandwich Disappointing. <laughs> I feel like if there's a town named after a food, they need to excel at that food. Exactly. Like you have to open, when you open that package, you unroll that 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 sub, it should glow like yeah. the suitcase and fucking pull If there fishes. was a spaghetti Colorado, I want that to be hidden in the mountains. And when you go there, it is the best sauce you have ever 
ever had in your life. But if it's called spaghetti, it's going to be like the best canned spaghetti that you've ever <laughs> had. In your life. Yeah, it's not. There's no like uh, for the Italians. There's no gravy. It's just it's just canned. Wait till you taste it's just those hot, mini hot dogs. Those <laughs> mini hot dogs. In it. Top shelf ravioli, <laughs> Chef Boyardee. Yeah. Um, okay, so selfishly, I'd go back home for some seafood right now. But for food, obviously. I'm telling you, you go to Europe, and I said this after I did the Italian trip, um, my taste buds were so affected by the food over there and the freshness of it that when I came back here, I couldn't taste anything. Really? It was weird. Like, I, I would try, and I know it sounds pretentious, but it's true. I, you know, over there, I spent time with my family, and, and uh, we rented a villa that was used for cooking classes. So it had, like, Ooh. the full fucking range. It had everything. And so my dad and I were just like, fuck it. Let's go to markets and we'll That's cook. Rad. And so yeah. we went out and I remember picking up a pepper, like just a red pepper that looked gnarly. It looked like, you know, these days they would call it, uh, what do they call those tomatoes? Heirloom. They would be like, oh, it's a mm. bruised pepper. It was what peppers fucking look like, yeah. you know, when they're not processed in a plant somewhere. Right. Um, and I remember just taking a bite out of it and just going, fuck, this is what a pepper tastes like. And so just at its purest level, whether you're talking asparagus, whether you're talking peppers, whether you're talking right. any of these ingredients, there's a reason why in traditional Italian cooking, they'll cook seasonally and they'll do stuff based around one thing. So like if you have like a, an asparagus risotto, the asparagus tastes so fucking good that you don't need to load it with cheese. You don't need to load it with salt. You don't need to load it with all the stuff that you get here in the U.S. See, I like that with vegetables because even when it comes to salads... Mm-hmm. We'll go out to dinner, a salad comes, whatever I order, if it comes with a salad, whoever I'm with is always like, oh, you didn't eat your salad, you don't like vegetables? I'm like, no, I like vegetables. I just don't like a bunch of bullshit with my vegetables. <laughs> like, I, I'm the guy who, like, I'll buy my fucking vegetable, my, my greens that I'm going to have as the, quote, salad, and I just rinse them and I fucking eat them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, and like, I don't mind, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to a point where I don't mind as much, you know vinaigrettes or, or these different things you can dressings you can put on your salad but i just want i don't want to i want to taste the yeah. vegetable itself i want to yeah. see what that's about and then i'll add stuff it's like don't salt your food before you taste it you know mm-hmm. what i mean and, and if you're getting it from the right place it's like you're going into ralph's and shit like you're getting yeah. a lot of stuff that it's basically waxed out fruit because they have to truck it they have to ship it yeah. so yeah it's all different so long story short it lasts longer in the fridge than if you get it at walmart though you, you, that's for sure Life hack, kids. Oh, also another life hack is that I don't put the tomatoes in the refrigerator anymore. I put them on the counter. Really? Yeah, they they actually ripen better if they're on the counter. Ah, does, does that affect the flavor at all for yes. you? Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. They ripen better. Um, something that I, I that I just learned over the past couple of years that I because prior to that I would always put them in the fridge and they kind of felt waxy still. And, yeah. And so I have a little rack on the counter over there and I just let them air out. Well, that's the thing I think with, with a lot of really good fruits and vegetables fucks it up in America because everything's so processed. Yeah, yeah. And then you're a kid. Yeah. You're growing up in the 90s. And mm-hmm. everything that you get at the grocery store is processed. Boy, you could just get McDonald's. Sure. And as a kid, you go, ah, this shit, this is waking my taste buds up way different than this is because all this is trash. Yeah. You get older and you, get, you have to seek out like, okay, how do I get to the root of this thing so I can have it in the way it was meant for me to have it? Mm-hmm. You know? So Italy is a, definitely a food place, 100%. Mm. And I would say 
Uh, Europe in general, there's a lot of really great food in Europe. Yeah. But for the U.S., hmm. man, I went to Madison, Wisconsin, and I had a steak up in Madison, and that was fucking really good. Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, it was a random oh, job. Shit. Yeah, it was a random job. I remember we took this gig and I didn't see that coming. Yeah, me and me and Tony were up there and we were driving on. We we flew in and we had to like ride on the highway to get there and we were just going by like, you know, a lot of Jesus propaganda posters, a lot mm. of stuff up there. And we, I was just like, God, those are two words I never expected mm, it together. Mm. I'll be I should have probably expected that together day one. <laughs> yeah, so the, you know, so we drove through all that and I was like, here we go. And then ended mm. up in Madison. Madison is a college town. It's such a great fucking town and uh the bars were fucking phenomenal and the food steak was really good there yeah um and then uh i would say u.s is so hard because when you go to the it's depressing when you're driving through the country and you're off the you get off the fucking highway and it's like here's another mcdonald's here's yeah. another fucking starbucks well it's this truck driver food yeah you, you, you're just chugging along you need something just to get and you need you have to make a time so you need to be in and out quick yeah. And you need a big fucking parking lot or somewhere you can pull it off quick, run inside, grab your things, hit the toilet, jump back in the truck. Yeah, there's that. And then the corporations really just sort of like sink their teeth in. Oh, yeah. Um, They're smart. Like the fact that most fast food chains exist immediately off exits. Like <clears throat> I used to go when I when I moved down here and I would go back up, up north um, to go like hang with Eddie. Mm-hmm. I would always think about there's like this exit where you get off and there's like a, um, an in and out right there. Uh-huh. And I just thought that's crazy. Like how brilliant that is. And they put it in a place where there's so much room to park. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, dude, just stop off and grab some in and out. It's intentional. You don't got to figure this out. Just pull off and grab in and out. And you've driven across the country multiple times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you're driving through spots and there are specific yeah. brands that just are everywhere. And then you start to get into like the dust bowl area and you start to get into the Midwest. Yeah. And they, their options are pretty fucking slim picking. So you're mm-hmm. going through and it's just all these chains and yeah. there's, there's no small, uh, it, it, it's obvious why some of the, the most heavy set places in this country are in those areas Yeah, because they have nothing, Yeah, which is so weird because that's also where a lot of the farmlands are from. Yeah. So fucking eat some of that shit you grow. Uh, that's weird. I mean, you can't get high on your own supply. They're like, look, yeah. we're, we're growing these, this cabbage, but we don't eat it. Uh, all right, so last selection, and then I'll ask you. So last selection would be, what have I been craving lately? I kind of want to go back to New York City. Mm. And in New York, I want two things. Come on with it. First thing I want is like... If you don't say like, a good slice of pizza, I'm fucking you up. <laughs> all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get ready because uh, we're going to have a fight. Uh, so the first thing I want is the most Jewish bagel I can get my hands on. Like with locks and salmon and all that shit. Like uh, Russ and Daughters is amazing. But even the, this is a big thing that Gina and I have been talking about. I think I've talked about it on the show a couple times. There's a huge difference between East Coast and West Coast bagels. Oh, 100%. Do you notice this? Yes. Okay. And and I'm not even, I, like bagels to me, I can, I can take or leave. Yeah, yeah. But there's definitely a difference. Dude, East Coast bagels are just denser. Uh, they hold the cream cheese differently. You mm-hmm. bite into them. They don't flatten the fuck out. Like yeah. anything you have here. I don't know. I think it's because it's everybody's so weight conscious and weight loss conscious. Bagels here feel like, like bubble gum. Yeah. 
Like you're yes. just chewing and chewing. You're like, what is this? What? Where am I getting through this? It's like, like it's like a, made of. It's like a fucking roll. You know, yeah. you're like, this is a roll yeah. with bagel yeah. toppings on it. Um, so uh, New York bagel, hundred percent, and. It doesn't have to be the fancy pants ones. Like just the street vendor bagels are fucking phenomenal. Mm. I used to get those in the morning when I lived there. Um, that's where I met Spike Lee. Um, Wait, you met Spike Lee? Yeah. For those not watching, because you can only hear, Mike just name dropped Spike Lee and tried to zoom past it to talk about fucking bagels. I didn't. So basically, he pushed me aside to get a bagel on a cart. So. And now you're in LA and you're like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I, well, he was pretty aggressive. He was very aggressive. Um, he's a, he doesn't seem like he's very tall, so maybe that was a thing. Well, was he tall? He was like, get out of here, white guy. I'm going to get these bagels. I think it was that. I think it was more <laughs> that. I think it was the second half of that. He's like, I'm from Brooklyn. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, uh, so anyway, yeah, bagel, awesome, New York. Um, and then I want to go to New York for barbecue. Really? Yeah. I think the best barbecue that I've had in the country is from New York. No shit. Yeah. Red Hook, New Jersey. Um, and uh, there's a great barbecue place there that I fucking love. Cruda takes me there because it's right around the corner for where Cruda lives. No shit. And uh, the thing I like about uh, New York barbecue, if you haven't listened to the episode, um, is that they tend to be playing with all sorts of different flavors because New York's such a melting pot mm. Pot that they're... Um, mixing around with like Indian flavors and all that kind of uh, stuff. Right, and then right, like, right. Uh, I don't think it was this, the root of pastrami beef ribs, but mm. I feel like it should be the root of it. See, I would never think of New York for barbecue. That's fascinating. It's so good. And I'm on the so cusp good. of getting to go back home and then I'm going to go to New York to see some family. So I'm, I can give you this. I can give you the spot. Please do. Um, it is so good. And, and uh, I go, excuse me, I go there and like a fucking fat kid. And of course, I think I went, last time I went, I went with like a couple of actors. Mm. So everybody was just like, can I have a rib? And I was, I was like, fuck that shit. I was like, give me two trays. <laughs> <laughs> give me a rack. Give me, I want give a fucking, me fucking rack. two trays of this shit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what about you? Internationally, I would go, I would go Vietnam. Mm. Yeah, I would love to I've have, never been there, so I don't know. I would love to have pho in Vietnam. For breakfast like you're supposed to but i also have this image in my mind right where like i sit in a place where i can see like the rice paddy fields with like the tall grass and the water and and somewhere off in the distance someone's playing that instrument that sounds hyper asian but it's like like is that a violin i don't know like whatever that thing is the sitar whatever it is i want someone playing that in a <laughs> hill somewhere nearby they were like rickshaws pulling gis around <laughs> Yeah, I want the whole experience. I want the whole experience. I need, I need all of that. Yeah, we gotta um, get on a boat and then get yeah, out the river. Yeah, yeah, I want to get paddled to the place because they're like, you can't get there by foot. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, wow, what place is this? Yeah, I want that. Um, if I was gonna go the states, well, another one that I would do internationally is Nigeria. Hmm. I really want to try jollof rice. What is this? Jollof rice is like. Um, so, so for anyone that's listening that is Nigerian, I'm sorry if I fuck up with this example, but so like uh, in Hispanic culture, there's like rice and beans mm -hmm. and, and, and like when, uh, the time we had the cookout here and I made the big pot of rice and beans. Yeah, it was great. Imagine that, but it's just different herbs and seasonings and very rich, very colorful. Hmm. And I want to try that shit so bad, Ugh, dude, but I want to try it there Yeah, where like it's, it's the herbs and vegetables, everything. it's done there. I want to try it 
there. Just, ah, uh, I bet it's fucking delicious. Oh, and I bet they do like a mean fucking pork chop or something else, mm. some kind of meat. Uh, mm. I bet it'd be incredible. Yeah, I love that, man. I would, I would love to have that. And then in the States, if I was going to go in the States, um, it's harder. See, it's, it is it's, harder because there's not, it stops being sexy. Well, and it's also, it starts, you, like, you start to have to be very specific and you're like, okay, so is there a specific restaurant? Like I can, there are specific restaurants in the States yeah. that I'm like, I'd like to go there for that one restaurant and not yeah. necessarily the food culture. Well, because, well then at that point it's like, like in terms of the food that we want to try internationally, like I don't want, I don't want the restaurant for those things, right? right? Like I want to go, I want to be so fortunate that someone allows me to their home. Yeah. And they grace me with their day-to-day culture to where like, their kids are probably like, I'm fucking sick of eating this, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she makes it all the time. So to me, I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be so good because they've got, you know how it is. You make that a certain dish, a, a bunch. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And you get real good at it. Like, I want it that way. Yeah. So in the States, uh, I feel like I've never had any like barbecue in the Midwest where they do like the big fucking cast iron thing. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah. I, I would love to try that. I would love to try that. Yeah. It's really good. It depends on what area you're in. Yeah. I don't know where. Any suggestions? Well. Tell the people. Well, I'm thinking about you because I know your your taste buds. So I'm a big Carolina barbecue guy, Ooh. but that's a vinegar based barbecue. So here's the thing. <laughs> so I can see. I can see. I fucking hate like kimchi, right? Where it's overtly oh vinegar. Oh it's gross. It's, it's gross, Mike. Gross. It's gross. Hey, put vegetables in a bulk bucket of kim <laughs> of, of vinegar and call it kimchi. And bury it. Bury it in and the back. Bury it. Yeah, yeah, bury yeah. it. Dude, it's you terrible. just, your world hasn't been open yet. That's all it is. Oh, um, I've tried it. And this is my favorite thing with food when you talk food with people. You say, ah, oh, yeah, I don't like that thing that much. They go, ah, oh, just try it. <laughs> no, see, here's the thing. I know I don't like it because I've tried it multiple times. It almost, to me, lands in the same space as like allergic. when you smoke a cigarette around someone and they go, how long have you been smoking? I'm like, are you going to fucking start preaching? Are you going to start preaching? Because if you are, I'm going to say I started yesterday. Like... You know, like I've tried it a bunch. It just this doesn't fucking do it for me. All right, I get it. Uh, so the fuck vinegar. <laughs> so then, if you don't like vinegar, um, I would say like the problem I have with a lot of Kansas style is that it's too sweet. So it ends up being yeah, that like too much of that. molasses sauce based kind of thing. Molasses is interesting though. That's but that's like what you get from standards like barbecue sauce. Like if you get like Fair. a. Fair. What is his name? Something or something Ray's. Sweet baby Ray's. Yeah, like that's like the kind of vibe. Um, but uh, I feel like you need to get them as a sponsor. I know. Oh, come on. Sweet baby Ray's. <laughs> Don't like vinegar? Get sweet baby Ray's. <laughs> All for you, buddy. Uh, then uh, I would do Texas. Texas barbecue. Texas right. is like a bit more traditional. Uh, salt and pepper, yeah. like dry rubs that, you know, like what the kind of barbecue that I make is, mm. is kind of similar to Texas barbecue. I was going to say Texas barbecue. It's like some part of me feels like there's more racism in Texas. So the barbecue might be better in some weird way. And then you were like, yeah, it's like the barbecue I'm making. I was like, gosh, I don't know if I want to say that now. And now I've done it. So now here we are. <laughs> it's the flavor of the barbecue that I do. It's the angst. Yeah. It's the anger. It's not the social setting. Uh, <laughs> um, the Mike, yeah. you're blushing a little bit. You all right? <laughs> 
like, why the fuck did I say my barbecue is like Texas barbecue? <laughs> no, I'm just sorting. I'm sorting through dangerously sorting through <laughs> what, what I should say. Um, so I love about being brown. I can just bulldoze right through all I of it. I love it. I love it. So yeah, no, I would say Texas. Um, Texas barbecue is really good. But then New York, I think New York's going to fucking open your brain a bit. Well, also, it's a spot I would never expect it, right? So, mm-hmm. like, there's there's already something fascinating about that where you're in New York and you have even the most modestly decent piece of barbecue and you go, oh, shit, I didn't expect this here. Because mm-hmm. I'm in New York and I'm thinking, like you said, big on locks. I'm thinking uh, fucking coffee might get really interesting in New York. You know, sushi, might get, Chinese food might get interesting in New York. Oh, it is, would yeah. would never expect barbecue. Yeah, please go to hometown. Hometown barbecue. Hometown, hometown barbecue. Hometown. And I know that there's a lot of like barbecue like purists that are just like, of course you would say hometown. It, for, for you, go to hometown. Hometown, okay. It's a good way in and uh, the flavors are really phenomenal. Like if you look at them, I'm doing a plug for them right now. If you look at them on Instagram, you'll just go like, fuck. Sponsor the show. There's a couple of, I haven't really found the barbecue out here yet in Los Angeles. There's yeah. a spot that I want to try that we should go to, which is like, about an hour out that mm. um, looks like it's pretty good. But we've tried to, like, we went to Bloodsoe's and they were okay. It's, any of these- yeah, there's a place in Boston that I feel like is it's similar to Bloodsoe's, but maybe like just a step up a little bit called Daryl's. They're, oh, they're really is- popular as a jazz bar. I want to say it's. Oh, shit. That's over in uh, like Inman Square area, right? Yeah, it's like close to one of the colleges and shit. Yeah. But they, they do a good menu. I don't think I've actually eaten there. Like, the, in Boston, I think the best ones, uh, Blue Ribbon Barbecue, I think, was probably the oh, best. I haven't been there. That one was pretty good. That, oh, that's in like Newton. That's in Newton, right in there. Newton, okay, yeah. Um, but that's pretty much it. That's pretty much I mean, dude, I'm, I'm kind of picky about barbecue because I know how to do it. Yeah. yeah well, that so, makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. I, get, I get kind of nerdy about it. But anyway, uh, hey, guys. Those of you just clicked on that link because you thought it was a show about acting and stuff? Yeah. Just that. kidding, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so all right. So exciting. You're going home. You're going to do this new yeah, Whitney I'm movie. Yeah, I'm going home. I get to do that. Um, I'm spo- I, I got very fortunate. Um, Jerry Griffith, the guy I'm playing. Again, Jerry, if it's Gary, I'm sorry. Um, his daughter actually reposted uh, or posted her own thing uh, celebrating the fact that I'm playing her father and being excited that his story is getting told. Uh, and so I got to talking to her and she was gracious enough to give me his phone number so I could talk to him. Because at this point, you know, like you don't know who's alive or dead anymore. You know? Sure. And, and when I first got the job, I was sitting there like, how do I, how do I connect these dots? Like I know he's not in the industry anymore. So how do I get a hold of this guy? Do I just, am I going to go look at like who he was with in the eighties? Like, Arista Records, like, do I just message someone there and be like, hey, can you figure out who in your building might, you know yeah, what I mean? I can see that being tough. Well, thank God for social media. Though. Yeah, exactly. And and so she connected us, and I'm very excited to get to sit down and talk with him this week. That's cool, man. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be great. And, and the thing I think about, too, is that even if he doesn't have any overtly distinct mannerisms, or if the way he talks is pretty general, at least when I go do the job, after each take, I don't have to do the, oh, God, but am I doing it right? Yeah. Am I, am I yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Because he goes, if, if I get to meet him after the movie's shot, and he's, hey, Lance, nice to meet you. And I go, fuck, I did not do that <laughs> voice at all. <laughs> you know, like, at least I'll have that out of the way. 
and I can just be there present for the job. Well, I mean, and there's also this level of, uh, you know, if you know who this guy is, then you can, you have a place yeah. to go at least mentally, but then, you know, it depends on the, on, on the direction, obviously, but then yeah. it's also like, you know, I'd rather see you do it the way you would do it. Understanding like if there was a specific mannerism or if there was yeah. something that was really uh, def definitive, something mm -hmm. that really defined him, then sure. But yeah. other than that, like you really wanted to, at least myself as a director, I'd want you to be present and I'd want it to yeah. feel. Well, that's why I think the work comes in, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, cause at this point when you're playing someone who's real there, you do come under the scrutiny. Sure. Right. Like when I did the Prince job, the scrutiny online was so intense because there's such a massive fan base who have combed over and spent hours. They go to sleep watching videos of him perform. I mean, it's insane, the obsession. Mm -hmm. And then you come in to do this thing and you have to get it right. You mm -hmm. have to. You don't have to sing. You don't have to play the guitar necessarily. But you have to get hit the essence of that person correct. Because if not, they'll rip you alive. And you can go, man, yeah. but who gives a fuck? Like, I got paid to do my job. I feel good about it and move on. But... With this job in particular, I feel so pushed to get it correct because this is someone who's alive and his yeah. family knows this is going on and they're excited about it. And so I feel that that thing of like, you know, I, I, it's an honor to get this character. It's an honor to, to tell part of that story. And I want to make sure when they show up as a family and they buy their tickets and they get their popcorn, their snack and they sit down and when my scenes come up, they go, God damn, that's dad. time to take a break uh and i'm just gonna do it with you here buddy let's do it we'll do it we're gonna do some ad reads this podcast episode is brought to you by beers <laughs> yes that's right we have a couple great beers. with a friend beers we have a couple beers for the ad reads mm -hmm. way too much slurp in that beer mike way too much slurp. you gotta do it for the radio that's sound the like radio a kazoo drink. <laughs> that's the radio drink um all right so uh let's see first up good friends over at puget systems if you're in the business to uh, edit movies, if you're in the business to make music, if you're in the business to do Photoshop work and uh, you're sitting in front of a computer consistently uh, and you're trying to run things out, you're trying to play things back and it runs super slow, what are you, you, you're editing, what are you editing on? So I've got a Razer laptop to edit on. And, uh, How's that holding up? It's great. the The laptop's great. Um, it, it's, I'm in the middle just, of a fucking. I'm in the middle of a fucking Puget Re here. It's super slow. Yeah, there you go. It's, <laughs> listen, <laughs> if you want your movie to be worth a shit, there you go. Get there a Puget system. Get it right. I feel like this is the, this is how the ad read should go. This is. This you want is people it. to give a fuck about your movie? Yeah. Puget Systems. Exactly. Exactly. So if you're in the business and you want to buy a new computer. Joking aside, um, I set out to, to build a new uh, edit system because I was just really frustrated with uh, Apple. I was really frustrated with like, having to pay for the unboxing experience. I was frustrated about the whole process. Um, and uh, I was like, why can't I fucking build a PC? I can use everything that I use on a Mac on a PC. So what's the difference? Yeah. It's just an operating system. Hold on, I got beer burps. Oh, man, the show has gotten trashy. <laughs> um, so... Uh, I did the hard work for you guys because I know that so many of us don't have the time to research hardware, don't have the time to put things together. And so uh, 
I was like, okay, look, I got to find a system. I got to find a, a company that'll build me a computer system that has good customer support. And that will be there for me because at the time I was also running a post-production mm -hmm. facility and I didn't want to be tech support. There's nothing worse than you being. And those guys are support. fucking great. Yeah, they're awesome, man. Puget Systems has real life customer support. So like they what know does that you. even sound like anymore, dude, they know you, they know my computer, they know my system. It's all coded. They know exactly what I have running in it. Uh, if I have some weird issue with software somewhere, I'll send them error codes and they'll go, here's what the fucking problem is. And these See, are real rad. people. That's these are rad. real fucking people. Um, and so if you are looking for a computer, if you're looking for a fresh start and you want to feel more connected to your machine, and more importantly, you want a tool to work for you. I'm so tired of like this culture of like, what do you subscribe to? Like this culty culture with companies where you have to fit into their boundaries. Like mm -hmm. this is what the machine's for and this is what you use it for. Fuck that. I was crashing my Apple consistently because I was using it the wrong way, mm -hmm. which fuck that. It's a tool. I should be able to use the tool that whatever way yeah. I need to use it, especially as a creative. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I did the hard work. I found Puget Systems. Head on over to PugetSystems.com. Check out what I'm talking about. They post all their stuff up there. There's a huge PC community. These guys are a big part of it. Um, and they don't just build PCs for our marketplace. These guys are building PCs for like, uh, I want to say people that are building NASA products. They do all sorts of shit. What? Yeah, dude, they do all sorts of shit. And they do it on such a large scale, which is fascinating because they're such a small company, a very small family-owned company, mm. and they're killing it right now. They're dude, I didn't know it. that they could tap in and see what you have mm -hmm. as your system and, and, and see the problem. I mean, at that point, that feels like going to a fucking mechanic and you're like, yeah, what's wrong with your car? I don't know. It's making this knocking sound and like I get a little shake in the steering wheel. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go, okay, yeah, put them in the lift and I got you. I figured out. It's probably this. Yep, exactly. And you get it figured out and then you're back in the car and you're going home, spend a little money and you move on. 100%. But that's way better than fucking tinkering around and fucking with shit just to get it wrong and not know what you're doing. Or even worse, like sending it to a company and the company's like, just throw it out. You Could know? you imagine if that's how if cars worked the same way that Apple products did? <laughs> Dude, the, there would be every year we'd have to get a new car. There'd be an island of not because cars. not because it's a new car, but because your car would just start to drive slower and slower <laughs> because the new car came out. Right, you suddenly got an that would be insane. You, you suddenly got an update. Your headlights don't work. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. like, what do you? What the fuck do you mean? My seat doesn't recline anymore. I know. My AC doesn't work. We're in Los Angeles. I know. I, I bought a car, and it all I needed to do is drive. And now with the recent update, and I went and I got a fucking oil change. Like, now it can't drive anymore. Hey, you don't have fourth gear anymore. So fuck you. Third gear, it's just gonna. It doesn't have to be that way. Bottom line is, is it doesn't have to be that way. Build a system that works for you. Uh, Work with people that care. Work with people that want to know what it is that you do for fun. Uh, these guys wear their clients like a badge of honor. They love knowing us. They love working with us. And they've been such a huge supporter of the show. They've been with us since day one. Um, and uh, that's why they always get first read from me. So uh, I love Puget Systems and you will too. Head on over to PugetSystems.com and check it out. I feel like they need to do like a very 80s inspired Puget system, and then and like you can just drop it in. <laughs> It'd be on brand for your show, I think. Call the guys, don't make it happen. I'm gonna call them up right now. Also, supporting the show, as always, are our good friends over at Quasar Science. Uh, one of the biggest advancements in the movie industry over the past 
at this point, five, six years has been lighting. Lighting has changed everything. LED lighting has changed the way uh, we light our sets, the way we crew up our, our lighting crews. You don't need generators anymore for stuff. They're battery powered and you can dial in any color of the rainbow using the Quasar um, rainbow LED tubes. Uh, they also have amazing uh, color balanced tungsten lights, color balanced daylight tubes. Uh, Quasar is the shit. Head on over to Quasar Science. The link will be below in the episode. Um, and one of the reasons why I'm reading this slow right now is that I'm trying to set up my next read. <laughs> I'm if you could see this. I'm trying to set up my next read. And I, like there hit a point where I was doing it really well for a second. It's like you guys watching a child that has first found Legos. Yeah, you guys did know. It's like, wait, how do these connect? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, head on over to Quasar Science. Um, this is a company built by gaffers. So it's a lighting company that was built by gaffers. That. Yeah. These guys spent years and years on sets working with terrible units, horrible cable running. All this sort of issues that they've had. And they were like, look, if we built a unit, this is what it would do. Mm. And so the lights are incredibly rugged. They're very functional. And so if you have a Quasar in your kit, if you're a small video producer uh, and you have one of those in your kit, uh, your gaffer is going to smile. He'll be like, this guy knows his shit. It's interesting to say that because on movie sets, you see a lot more of the tubes now. Mm -hmm. But like commercial shit, it's, it's still, still old school hardware. Big ass kinos and shit. Yeah, it depends, man. Like, there's there's a room for every kind of light. And yeah. I don't mind saying that during an ad read. There's there's a look that happens with specific types of light. Like, if you're using old tungsten units, it, it affects the skin differently. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's room for all sorts of different lights in your kit. I've got everything from quasar tubes, of course, while doing an ad read. Yes, I have quasar tubes. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I've got old tungsten units. I've got bare bulbs. I've got, yeah. uh, you know... Well, it's, it's making me think because we just did that Prada job, right? And, and we had a big styling tent that was built. Mm -hmm. And inside, they were like, hey, Lance, can you come in and set up two kinos right here? Uh, because we want to blast the light in so that they can... We took two V-flats and made a little station so they could just take photo stills of the different wardrobe options. They tried them. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that, but we're in an enclosed space. I can turn the AC on for the building as well that we've built. But like, it's, it's going to get fucking hot over here. Sure. And I remember sitting there thinking, I'm like, it's just like, this just fucking tongue in cheek read. But I'm like, if you had the fucking tubes, you would get the light you wanted without the heat. Yeah, it would be less heat. Yeah. And, and then it would be a comfortable space because also like if, if you've got this person standing here trying on clothes and shit, you don't want them fucking sweating it out. Yeah, of course. Everybody wants to be here and enjoy the day as it goes along. Not like, oh, the fucking tents of uh, a furnace now because we have these and we had two for that that V flat setup, and we had one in each corner of this tent. Oh, wow. It was a oven in that room. That's a big thing that a lot of people don't think about. And yeah. One of the benefits, and I think your actors will thank you if you're doing mm -hmm. close-ups and you're doing specific things with with like uh, LED tubes. Yeah. And your gaffers, and if your PAs are allowed to touch, like if Genie allows PAs to touch their shit, everyone on crew will thank you for the fact that there's not a hot fucking light you go grab. Yeah, there was a point where I, ha I didn't have fingerprints because I was grabbing hot lights all the time. Um, yeah, like I said, Quasar Science. And you know what? I'm going to rope them both in because I'm proud to have two lighting sponsors on this show. Mm. Um, our other lighting sponsor is ETC. Now, do you, you know who ETC is? No, no. What's that? Okay, so when I'm working on Gina's music videos, because Lance mm -hmm. has been an assistant for me on, on these videos mm -hmm. before. Um, you know how I do that spotlight shit? 
Yeah. That very specific like that spotlight. Shirt, yeah. So yeah, it's we the did it on the B video. Source four light. So that's ETC makes those. Oh. Really cool. And that the one we were using was old school. That was still a tungsten unit, so it got hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they now have it all LED stuff, which is really oh, awesome. Rad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me is, that, is that recent? Yeah. Oh, that, no shit. That light there, because I have it set up here, that light there is their new Fresnel. That's LED? Yes, sir. Get the fuck out. I just took that picture of Gina last week that for, I posted. For folks listening, you can't see it, but this just looks like every other general fucking set light. It's huge. It's a Fresnel, yes. Yeah, I'll read, I'll read you about it. Hold on, and let's see. No shit. Here we go. <clears throat> Here's the official read. A lot of us in the film industry have used uh, the iconic Source 4 profiles on set. So the Source 4 are those, those lights that we were talking mm -hmm. about. Uh, ETC, the maker of the Source 4, has been working hard in the recent years to give us incredible new fixtures specifically for use with cameras. I just got my hands on their FOS slash 4 Fresnel. That's what that is. Uh, and one of the most eye-catching aspects of this line of fixture is the color mix. Okay, I'm breaking from the read. Yes, this is true. I just shot that photo with Gina. I posted it on my Instagram last week. Uh, it is the first portrait I've taken in over two years. Have you seen this one? No, I haven't. I was going to my phone. I want to check it I'll out. I'll show you. This is the first portrait I've taken in like two years. And Gina just got her hair dyed blonde. And she's just like, would you it take a picture? It looks good. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah, this this shot here. You can zoom in on that. So, oh, no shit. Yeah, so that basically all I did was take that uh, FOS for Fresnel and I put it behind her. And then I just did a bounce in front. So I did like a gold bounce in front. So she's being backlit by it. I'm going to digress for a second. <clears throat> Sorry, in the middle of your ad read. Where you uh, Gina looks like she should be in movies and shit. Like Gina makes me think of like like uh, like like old school 80s classic Hollywood starlets. Yeah. She's got the look, man. She does have the look. That's my girl. Get your fucking eyes off of her, dude. I'm, I'm trying to help you out. You got her outside locked out while we do these fucking reads. She's going to listen to it and be like, okay, wasn't that bad. I wasn't out there that long. Uh, let me continue. <laughs> let me continue here. Uh, their Luster X8 array includes deep red emitters, which not only open to more color mixing options than you'd get with the traditional four color studio fixture, but also leads to richer, more natural beam of light in any color point that you use. Once you see these fixtures on skin tones for yourself, it is truly surprising how much of a deep impact red makes in any situation on set. So essentially it's, you're mixing like red, green, blue, they're different LED units that they all mix to make white. And so you can mm. dial them in specifically, which right. is really nice. Um, uh, and if you're not familiar with ETC, all their fixtures are backed by 24 seven customer support. See the FOS slash four panel in Fresnel for yourself by visiting etcconnect.com backslash love the process. That is etcconnect.com backslash love the process. As always, the links are below in the description of this episode. And like I tell you every fucking episode, just click on the links right now. Just click on the links. Click Let them the know. Fucking link. Let them know. So when I have that that code, that backslash, every time you click on the link, they go, ah, oh, yes, Mike's not lying. People are coming and checking our stuff out. Just do it, please. Prove that I'm not a liar. That's all I'm, I'm asking. Gonna, I'm going to go do it right now, Mike. I'm going to go click on one of the links. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have a live click, link click. Click, right click, now. click, click, click. That's a hard thing to say. Um, all right. So let's see. Got ETC, we did Quasar. Oh, our good friends over at Black Magic. Um, recently, I got very into shooting with my brand new Black Magic 
uh, Pocket Cinema Camera Pro 6, which I love. I shot the Christina P video, which Lance worked on on that. Mom song. The mom song, yes. We shot with that camera. It, it really, it was hot as fuck that day. It really held yeah. up. Yeah, it was rough. That was camera's better. actually got like a really cool fan system on it, which keeps it from overheating, oh, which was a big issue with a lot of stuff, even old DSLRs, is that you hit a point where it starts to overheat. Mm -hmm. um, and that camera really held up well. The raw footage capabilities, being able to edit in Premiere uh, with the raw, I think it's dot braw bra files you were handheld on a lot of that how was the wait for you it was great yeah yeah it was distributed really well it's a very light camera i like the way that the the little uh view screen on the back the the lcd screen oh, folds yeah. down so i could do low angles without having to attach a, another monitor onto it which I is nice about you when we were shooting like pickups and tick tock and beat beat tick tock and beat beat <laughs> i just want you to know that we do this at the house all the time in honor of you <laughs> so shout out to black magic for giving us that <laughs> when i'm dancing around with the camera nice mm -hmm. uh, that's great having friends doesn't it isn't it um so yeah head on over to black magic the link is below uh this is kind of a short read from them but i love these guys if you're looking for a new camera if you're looking for something to have as a pickup camera i wanted to find a rig that could hold up so when i start to shoot a feature if i need to do pickup shots and i don't want to get the crew i don't want to have to go out there and rent all that shit, i can get those cameras to do that uh and this black magic camera will hold up when i shoot with an aerial xf i shoot with a sony uh you can mix these things really well um, so it is a, a great tool for your kid if you're a filmmaker looking to play around, to practice, to shoot your friends, to shoot your actors. Uh, why not do it with this Blackmagic rig? It's so great. I love it. Uh, and if there's one thing that I love the most about it was that I took those promo photos of me, promo promo photos of me in the tiger fucking jumpsuit. <laughs> it's my favorite shit on earth. <laughs> if it wasn't for the good photo I have of you in my phone already for your contact, I'm definitely transitioning to the tiger suit. Well, there's news too, and, and I, I'm, I I say this, I say this carefully, but I think I have a deal with that company. Oh, really? With the tracksuit company. Nice. Yeah, I think we're going to do something. I'm, I'm trying to talk them into doing a contest because there's been so many people that have been wanting to buy tracksuits. Yeah. So I think I'm going to do a contest for tracksuits. Justin Glendale. <laughs> Not just Glendale. Uh, Prano, the director of fucking Censor, wrote to me and she's like, where the fuck did you get that tracksuit? So I think she just bought a tracksuit. No shit. This is a big director thing right now. Like a lot of directors are all buying these tracksuits. It's cool, man. So the, you put out the vibe. Look at this. Look what's happening right now. Gina said, wrap it the fuck up. She's like pressed her face up against the window outside and she's scratching on it like a little Gina's, purse dog. Gina's like a, a lost cat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so let's continue.
gonna I think you're gonna do well, man. You do well with all your shit. You're just waiting for that fucking you're in that position, very similar to the position that I'm in as a director, but it's mm-hmm. I, I just see it like so exponentially worse for, for actors than it is. Because for me, yeah, I'm, it fucking sucks. Yeah, I'm just relying on my work that I create. Yeah. You're relying not only on people finding you, but also the work that yeah. someone else creates. Like, could somebody make something good and then then but then like me for it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like today uh, we talked about this briefly in the beginning. Like, um, I got a note from an agent um, for voiceover, and they said, "We love your voice, but you don't make great character choices." And I was like, "Okay." Let me actually let me backpedal a little bit. What was said? That? Okay, we, yeah. we we love your voice, but we think you could benefit from some coaching. I've I've done some coaching, um, so I was like, okay, so no problem. You know, my ego's not so frail, so I'm like, sure, okay. Well, what would you like me to focus on? And they said, um, want to see you make stronger character choices, pace, tone, pitch, volume. I was like, so just so just everything that's voiceover. <laughs> So I'm just not good at anything that's voiceover related. Okay. And you just, and like, it's weird because there's this sort of, um, like this, this grief that happens. Uh, I forget the term for this, but it's like, uh, albeit the stakes are vastly different, it's not comp- comparable, but like, it's like when you lose someone, you know, you, you go through these sure. different little phases where you, you see the, the second email that tells you the notes that you, which you need to work on and you quickly grasp like, oh, that just encompasses all of this. So I'm not good at this. And you get angry and you're like, fuck that. I'm a great actor. Yeah. I'm putting in time. And it's less about whether or not your ability on the day is great. Yeah. When you say that thing, you feel that that thing flare up of like, what do you mean? I'm good. It's not about in the moment whether people like what you do. It's about I've put in fucking years sure. of this. Sure. And so when we say that, it's just more it's less about your the ego and it's more about, dude, but I've invested so much time. What do you mean? Like you don't like what I do. Yeah, you got kicked in the dick. Yeah. That's and then you it. and you and then you go into the well, denial. No, 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 no. My choices are great. My choices are fantastic. Yep. And then you go into the depression and you're, I'm singing in the car on the way here like, oh God, am I just not good for a voiceover? Am I doing that? Is this not for me? Okay. And you go through those phases and you come back on the end of it and you go, this is a great moment to learn. This is a great moment to grow. What's the context though? Where does this come from? I know you, can you say that in the microphone? Like where's, what's the context? The, so it literally was just a random email. So like randomly someone just wrote you an email and says, you know, Lance, you know yeah. what you suck yeah. at? Is- and we think you should get some training. And I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. What, 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 did, what, did you just do like a... No. I'm confused. <laughs> there was no... I, I didn't do a recent audition. It, it, there was nothing that sparked it other than they were just like, you've been with us for about a year and we're just checking in and we think we're working these things. and. And I'm grateful for the fact that like they're willing to be honest with me and say, sure. hey, look, we want you to book some shit. Sure. It's been a year. I haven't booked anything with them through voiceover. So I get sure. they're like, all right, my man, we want you to we want you to get something. We just need to, you know, tighten up some things. <laughs> but you're not good. <laughs> so uh Okay, so random so were they going through your reel or something? I don't know. Okay, I would so assume that it was just like it's enough time has passed and I haven't booked. And so as an agent, they're like, we need to check in. And I'm glad that at least they weren't like, yeah, it's not working. Ah. Okay. All right. All right. But so, these are the things that you encounter. Okay. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And it, like as your friend, I'm just sitting here going, all right, context wise, mm, 
let's like like yeah. part of me wants to break it down context through and just go go like I'm, i've already so, said it out loud I'm, if they hear this i'm getting fired <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna get an email like hey, we love the podcast uh we don't want to go forward just be like but how is my voice over tone <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> like he's got a way better sound system maybe i just maybe i just talk to him a little more <laughs> i it, look i think that with this is something that I've encountered. I think that when you're dealing with agents or management or you're dealing with these folks that have to check in with you, I feel like that's part of their thing that they have to do is like yeah. check in and go, all right. Because there's there's two thoughts here, right? You're the client and you could be sitting there going, why have I not booked a fucking gig? Why is this not happening? Mm -hmm. Like you, you could have written them an email and been like, so I just don't really think you guys are pushing me hard enough or, or doing any of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And I think that there is this weird, not really a conflict. It's just sort of like a, it, it's, it's like a posturing that happens between mm -hmm. management and clients where yeah. they'll just sit there and go, well, the reason why you're not booking things is because you need to work harder at this. Yeah. And like, I'll get this where it's just like, cool, but maybe you shouldn't be so focused on that thing and maybe you should make something new and maybe you yeah. should make something, which essentially equates to make it easier for me to sell you because mm -hmm. if you're making new stuff, if you're working on new stuff, if you're putting new stuff out there, then I can myself as the agent get excited about you again. But yeah. then also I can roll that excitement into a sales pitch because yeah. right now you're just cold meat on a counter for me. You know what I mean? Where... Mm -hmm. Like no one gives a, what, what they, what they need to say, which they'll never say is no one gives a fuck about you right now because you're not doing anything. Yeah. And th th like that's. Yeah. Because if I blew up tomorrow and get cast in some crazy uh, thing, it would yeah. be extremely easy to book. Exactly. And then that's, there lies the problem with the business overall. It's like you have this, like the idea of the name annoys me because I'm like, that doesn't mean that that person's right for the job. No, hundred percent. Dude, hundred you know? percent. I deal with this with casting. 100% where, you know, there's this, I don't even understand, I haven't, I don't understand it. There's this whole thing called value, like mm -hmm. an actor's value, Yeah. right? And so then yeah. as a filmmaker, you go, okay, what does that mean? And usually I ask, I'm like, to agents and shit, I'm like, what does that mean? And they go, well, th we don't know. But there's value. There's a list. Yeah. And partly I feel like they just don't want me to. I, like sometimes I'm like, do you just not want me to know what the fuck this means? And so I talk to a lot of my other filmmaker pals, a lot of my friends, and I'm just like, what is this fucking value? What is this value? Where yeah. does it come from? And you would think as a, a film fan or a moviegoer, you'd go, oh, the value comes from people that are in good movies. So you're Thanks. just like, you know, the, the, that dude's performance, fucking killer. Yeah. Everybody likes his performance, yeah. so he must have value. Uh, no, that's not what value is. And mm -hmm. value is all about um, whether or not the public knows your name. Yeah. And like you'll get lists that, of people of quote unquote high value that just literally did something. Uh, they went on like Jimmy Fallon and ate fucking, you know, maggots on one of his fucking games that he plays. Mm -hmm. And it got a really big laugh or they did something uh, on social media that got really big yeah. or they're on TikTok and that got really big. It's just the amount of people that are looking at their fucking face. And, and that's, that's the part that becomes exhausting because then it, when people find out you're an actor and you haven't had the big break, right. everyone is the expert and has advice. Right. Oh, you should do this. 
Yeah. Hey, I remember when TikTok became a thing, and I went to the liquor store, and uh, the kid behind the counter was like, "Hey, man, you're an actor." I was like, "Yeah." He was, hey, you look like an actor. Still no clue what the fuck that means. <laughs> sure. Uh, great. Do I look like I can cry or something? Like, what do you what do you mean? Like, what does that mean? Do I look like I could be other people? Do I look like I could look like other people? What does the fuck does that mean? And he goes, "Oh, you know, you should be on TikTok." And I'm like, what the fuck is TikTok? Oh, so there's this guy on TikTok. He does all these skits. They're really hilarious. And I'm like, oh, so you mean Vine 2.0. Yeah. Right. Okay, great. Right. Well, yeah, but like, I, I don't want that thing. Yeah. You know, like the, the, the idea of celebrity, I think, has washed out what it meant to be a movie star anymore. Yes, 100%. And, and when I think of the movie star, I think of guys like Denzel, guys like Leo. Yeah. I think Viola Davis. You know, the, the people who, when you see their name attached to a thing, you get excited immediately yeah. because you go, oh man, I can only imagine what they're going to do with that. Yeah. But the thing that's really interesting is that if you examine that stuff, then you're like, all right, how did they become those movie stars? Like, um, I just listened to uh, Mark Maron's podcast, the WTF podcast mm -hmm. this morning when I was writing and it was him and George Clooney. Ooh. It's a good one. And George Clooney's There's basically- There's a guy with a voice for voiceover. Fuck yeah, dude. And he, you know, he was- he came up in the business. His his dad was in the business. His dad was like a like a news anchor. Yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So he was around the business, and then you look at um, Leo, and Leo was like a child actor and a heartthrob, mm -hmm. and so he had a lot of his early like uh, fuel, early gas on yeah. on getting there from like those teeny magazines and all that kind of shit. Yeah, and so that's kind of the equivalent of like a. TikTok kind of thing. Yeah, you, you know? could definitely draw the comparison between mm. like early 90s People's Magazine, Teen Magazine. Fucking Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, all that shit. All that shit. Yeah. You got Ryan, you, Mickey Mouse Club gives you Ryan Gosling, Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, Britney you know. Spears, yeah. It gives you a wide range of people. You yeah, know? and the, 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 that's a huge, that's a huge um, populace of actors right now is the yeah. actors that really have come up through the business from childhood yeah. and and so it's it's fascinating when you think about it. Um, but you can't trip off it. I, th I think it, anytime I talk to other actors and they're like, oh, but like, what about this? Like, what are you doing this? And could you do this? And well, what do you want the big break to look like? I don't give a fuck, man. Like, mm -hmm. I fervently believe it's going to happen yeah. when it happens. Yeah. So I don't give a fuck. Like, I just, I feel calm about it. Because I would rather have my entire life experience up until this point and then something pops off. And I go, great, but I have all of this life behind me. Smart. That isn't movies, that isn't movie related, that isn't the business, that isn't the industry. And I'm just chock full of all of these experiences and stories and things I can pull from. And then if the big break is like, I'm 30, I just turned 32. If the big break is 35, if it's 40, man, I'm just pumped about like, what the fuck am I going to be capable of then? Because I'll have even more in me. Yeah. And then you see the cats who get this, they, 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 they get the social media thing and it, it blows up big and they get thrown in this movie and then they throw them in another movie and another one, another one, another one and like five movies in you go, yeah, but like you're doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would rather it take longer. And when I stick the landing, I stick the fucking landing. Yeah. It's taken seriously enough that the next job can be vastly different. And look at like fucking uh, Brian Cranston, man. Oh, I know. You know, he has Malcolm in the Middle, but we really get him at Breaking Bad. Yeah. And look at all the work he's done since. Yeah. And he was a small bit part yeah. in a lot of stuff prior yeah. to that, too. Commercials and shit, everything, yeah. man. Yeah. He, he That was a long hustle for him. 
This brings me to this might be a good moment to bring up the question I had for you today. Okay, yeah. So a friend asked me the other day, what is the big lie that you tell yourself? <laughs> no. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a disgusting question. You can't see it, but Mike's turning crimson. Oh no, I'm not turning crimson. <laughs> um the big lie. Oh. That's such a that's such a fucking man. That's such a like a scraping question where it just sort of goes yeah. in there and you start to like go because that question just brings up every insecurity. Absolutely. And so then you're processing your insecurities. Absolutely. Mm. And fuck, that's a good question. Big lie. Hmm. And I'm taking a minute here, everybody, because I'm trying to be honest about this and not. What would the fuck would. The big. I think. I don't know what the big lie is currently. I think that at one point. I think the closest thing to it I, that I can think of on the, you know, on this fucking spot here mm-hmm. with a gun to my face mm-hmm. um, is uh, I would say when I was using my ego and my, my small community of built people around me as my safety net for everything. And so like oh. I would process everything through like the early days, maybe even when you knew me. So like through yeah. that period of time of like, uh, where the fucking shit doesn't matter where the fucking shit it's great and i think it was just being in um okay i think it was just being in boston and i think the big lie that i told myself was that i didn't need to go to la mm. so that was the big lie that i was telling myself is that i could do it all from here i could make this whole thing happen which was 50 percent correct i could make a movie there i can do all that stuff mm-hmm. but i can't make the kind of movie that i want to make living in that city just yeah. Because there's this whole other fucking world of craziness that I have right. to learn and figure out. So I think that was. Do you think being in L.A. has humbled you since then in that way? Yeah, there's a there's been a bunch of moments. There's a there's a bunch of things that have happened many happened to me here. Phone conversations, things that I've been a part of that have knocked me off my fucking pedestal mm-hmm. and sort of knocked me back a little bit. And then I've. I've had to lick my wounds and sort of like reprocess things, which I wasn't getting a lot of back at home. I wasn't mm-hmm. getting a whole lot of those lick my wounds kind yeah. of scenarios. hundred um, percent. Yeah. What about the, you? Uh, the big lie to myself is that I have to suffer to be good. Oh, that's a good answer. So if we were thinking, and, and, and this is not just with acting or, or with writing or film, it's, it's across the board. Mm-hmm. Well, if this is a relationship, I need to see that, uh, that there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. That gives me something to focus on. And then we work through that thing, or at least if it, even if it seems like it. Oh, we, okay, great. We've, we've checked that box. We've taken care of that thing. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, we're stronger now. Now I deserve love. And then in the acting, you go, okay, well, I need to take classes. And, and, it, and it has to be hard. And it has to be grueling. And I have to get told no a thousand times and all this shit. Oh, I have to get, I have to get fired or, or not get the job. All these things you tell yourself that you have to struggle, 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 burn the candle at both ends, do the survival job, hustle your ass off, PA from fucking 12 hours a day and then go Uber still and then show up for the audition. It's all these things you tell yourself because mm-hmm. it feels like 
I'm doing something. Right. This is worth it. This yeah. is all worth it. I'm making yeah. it worth it. Yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I beat the fuck out of myself for mm -hmm. years over that. Mm -hmm. Even now, I still do. Like, I, I have moments where, like, I forget how much I do and I forget how long it takes to do things. Yeah. And so, like, I'll bust out like multiple episodes of the podcast i'll do fucking mm -hmm. just the emails alone takes like fucking hours and hours of content and time and you're just mm -hmm. like fuck and then i'll just be in the other room at the end of the night and i'll just go what time it's fucking fucking 6 30 already and i'm turning to gene i'm like I, I, I feel like i'm not getting anything done yeah like i'm, I'm not getting anything done so i i'm consistently beating myself up always it feels like, like after you like you, you have a long day of cutting the grass yeah push mower You've been, you, you got up early in the morning and you're sitting on the porch with a glass of lemonade and the sun's going down. The only difference is instead of feeling satisfied, looking over the clean cut grass, you sit there feeling like, what the fuck did I do today? Mm -hmm. What did I actually do? Because instead of just having, oh yeah, I cut the grass and my grass looks nice and that's good enough. Mm -hmm. You go, yeah, but my house could be nicer, right? Yeah, but why do I live, why don't I live in that house over there? Mm -hmm. well, you know, why doesn't anyone hire me to cut their grass? Right. You know? Yeah. And you kind of sort of chase this thing. And the only, the only comfort that I think, I don't know about everyone else, but for me, the comfort I find is that it's, at least if I'm working at it in the sense of class, going to class and, and, and trying to write things, even if no one gives a fuck what it is, it's just the, the practice of it, that that process is comforting. Mm -hmm. That in some way I'm sharpening the tools and I'll burn the candle at both ends like a motherfucker. But at least if I'm, if I'm working at it to some degree, then hopefully when the time does come and I am afforded enough success and value that I can take a breath, mm -hmm. then all that work before that will have been worth it. Yeah, you and I, I mean, we both have the same heroes. We both come up the same way. Oh, yeah. So we both have the same kind of, and that sort of male, like I need to take care of things. And totally. 100%. I mean, all the movies we watched growing up were like, the guy gets beat to shit, but he wins in the end. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. survives and he saves the people. You go, yeah, yeah. That's my that's my thing, right? That's my story. Yep, hundred percent. But you we're know. not John McClane. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Going through the computer and his wife uses her maiden name, and you're just like, oh no, that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, man. Like uh, I I feel that way too. And the the, the thing the thing that's been interesting with moving out here and getting lost in the business of shit is that it's, it's incredibly when you, when you're making things as a filmmaker, there's a, there's a comfort to it mm -hmm. because you're the one making things. And a lot of the time when you're making stuff, it's all on you. So mm -hmm. it's physically like, I want to build a deck. I'm going to go fucking build a deck. And I yeah. may not be able to build the size deck that I wanted to build initially. I can't use as much lumber. I can't use as much labor, but I could still build a fucking deck. And that's what I'm yeah. going to go do. And so uh, the beginning of my career, and by the beginning, I mean like the first, you know, 19 years of my career was that. I'm going to learn how to build decks. I'm going to learn, <laughs> I'm going to learn how to make movies. I'm going to yeah. learn to do every aspect of this. And to a certain extent, the only reason why I wasn't doing it was because uh, either I was not following through or I was lazy or something happened. Mm. It was all on me. It was pretty much all on me. Mm -hmm. So coming out here uh, and just getting in the mix of stuff, the light starts to dawn on you where it's like majority of this has got nothing to do with me. 
Yeah. A majority of this is like situational and, mm-hmm. and, and what is happening currently and how is that affecting you and what's going on with this. And so you end up learning more about the game. They call it the fucking game, but I feel like it's more the torture of trying to get a movie greenlit, trying to get something put through the process. Um, and it gets really fucking irritating and, and I think there hit a point with me where I got lost in it and I got very mm. much lost in the, the sea of all this stuff because it's so, I, I use this term on the show all the time. It's bipolar. Um, yeah. and I think the only way to, the best way to describe that is that on a, any given day, you'll get a phone call saying shit's happening and you're like, what? You know, yep. and you're like, in the beginning, you're like, yep. oh, fuck, this is great. For some reason, it's not going to happen like everybody else. It's going to be different for me because I've been working as hard as I have. And I put yeah. this time in, so it's going to be new and different. And so, fuck, something's happening. Wow, something's happening. And so then you let that that excitement boil within you. And it boils up mm-hmm. and you're like, fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, four hours later, you get a call and you go, false alarm, never mind. We don't think we balance that, man, is, is again, tempering expectations that we're not the only ones working hard. Yeah. Well, you know? Imagine we only look at the finish line. Mm -hmm. So we look at the actor that I want, whose work I emulate, that I want to be doing similar work to. The director whose movies excite me, I want to do similar movies. We're not the only ones chasing it. Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? It's true. And sometimes that's that can be cathartic, is just acknowledging that there's, and this is why I enjoy acting class, because I think for directors, it's like, you don't get to fucking go sit down once a week with other directors no. and, and watch them pitch their ideas and everyone takes turns and we get notes. Like, we get to do that. Yeah. And you get to watch, and then and then one week somebody doesn't come back to class. So what happened to so-and-so? Oh, they booked a thing. That's cool. They're, they're, they're on that, they're going to be on this show now. Like, and then, and that's it. And you're probably never going to see them again. Because you know, oh, they booked this thing and they're going to be a lead in this show and they're gone. That's it. Yeah. And then the rest of us, there's this moment you sit there and you go, okay, fuck. Like, okay, it happened for one of us. It could happen for the rest of us, right? But you go right back to work. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, a, it's a saving grace, man. I wish that, well, that, I mean, we, we started doing stuff. We still have to continue it. Yeah. Like you came over and did an acting exercise with me. Which, right, right, right with Eddie. Which I really appreciated because yeah. then that just gives me the opportunity to to direct which was like i think i've mentioned it briefly on the show but essentially i dug around online found an old script that i liked found a scene from an old script that i like and then i reached out to lance reached mm-hmm. out to eddie and i was like you guys want to just come by we'll work on this scene i'm not going to film it i'm not going to do anything yeah we'll just work on it which uh, a enables me to work with you a bit mm-hmm. which is great and then b uh just lets me process like descriptions to you guys process like I, I think we've talked about this but the the thing that i always find very awkward as a director is when you first see a scene start mm. right yeah because it feels fucking awkward for us too in the first go around yeah like, i don't know what the fuck i'm doing and and as a director or as an inexperienced director uh in the old days you would read the paper you would storyboard the scene out. You'd, you'd start to do all the deliveries in your own head. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, this is how I think it's going to be. And, and so you're, you have nothing but time to just stare at this. Mm. And so you're like, okay, so he'll move like this. He'll act like this and he'll do this thing and he'll do that thing. And so the first couple of times, uh, I remember, I, I might've talked about it, but I, I remember one of the first times I directed talent, like good talent. And I'm on, I'm on set 
And I had planned out everything. I had planned out the lighting. I planned out the camera and all the stuff that I was going to use and the coverage. And so the actor, like I forget the scene. It was like the actor had to walk into a room, uh, throw a bag down somewhere, sit on a bed and do something. And so I was like, okay, cool. And I, they were like, okay, you want to do rehearsal? I didn't know what the fuck a rehearsal really yeah. was. And so I was like, cool. And so then the actors are there and they're like, okay, so how do you see this happening? How do you want us to walk to the bed? How do you want us to go do this sort of stuff? And I went, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, fuck you mean? Go walk over to the bed. Yeah, yeah. I was like, but just there, do, is, there is nuance. Just do it the way I see it in my head. That, that, like, that's a yeah. shitty director where you're yeah. just like, and so. Read my mind. Yeah. And so I remember working it out with that person that day and it was just really fucking awkward and like really kind of, and, and I'm watching this scene and I'm watching how they're processing the scene and they're not getting it because I'm not doing a good job, like mm. translating what is in my head. Yeah. And, and then beyond that, now that I do know that I wasn't collaborating with them correctly, I was trying to like crowbar, you know, like open their head fucking Monty Python style and fucking yeah. dump in my script and shit. Um, it's so, and dude, that's like everything, right? Like, yeah. I mean, think about relationships, friendships, colleagues, mm -hmm. you, you always have something in your mind mm -hmm. that you sort of envision for this relationship, whether it be platonic, romantic or, or coworkers. Mm -hmm. And it's, you have to slow down and go, how do I convey what it is that I see? Right. You know. And then if I'm with other people, why am I with those other people? And what are they bringing to the table? Which I think mm -hmm. is really fun and fascinating. And so when we did our exercise, I was curious uh, not only to have a moment to take a lot of the stuff that I learned from reading Judith's books and all that kind of yeah. shit. In theory, take all that theory and try to mm -hmm. cram it into a small session. But then also just watch two guys act and try mm -hmm. to find the, the stuff and I'm constantly trying to get that first awkward moment to be less awkward for me. Yeah. Because I like I just know I'm like they're not going to get it. Mm -hmm. Like maybe Lance will have gone home and done his homework and, and shows up and fucking astounds and does something I didn't even think about. Mm -hmm. But we're we're not going to get it. And the no. purpose of this is to f to figure that out. Well, the purpose is to fail. Yeah. Right. It's to fall on your face and go. Oh, well, there's something over there though, and it's 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 fascinating to approach it that way because then. Especially with like with the exercise we did working with a director, it's it's while an acting teacher can still be a director and still be fantastic. Like I'm I'm extremely fortunate with the coach that I have. In working with you, I was okay. This is a director. This is someone who is not trained to teach actors. Mm -hmm. You're trained to direct. And so then, while we are offering up so much, we also have to be open to receiving. You know, open to whatever note Mike has, whatever suggestion he has, and going. There's no reason to combat it. I, I hate that when you hear stories or things, oh, the actor and the director didn't cl click well and there was a lot of clash. Like, I always wonder what went wrong. Mm -hmm. What went wrong to where those two people just stopped getting along. They stopped being exciting about, excited about the fact that today we get to go make a movie. Right. They just weren't collaborating. What happened? You yeah. Because I, I, would, I, I love the idea of being on set and it's a different director and... <clears throat> Maybe it falls down to just poor communication yeah, and it dissolves there. But the idea of being with any director and you, you put in the work and you, every, a lot of actors are like, oh, I don't plan, pre-plan anything. It's bullshit. Everybody to some degree has an idea of what they see the scene being mm -hmm. and what they're going to try to aim for kind of. Mm -hmm. And you hope you just land somewhere in that ballpark. 
and then a director gives you a note, and and it's exciting. And I, I I hate the idea that you get a note and you go, ah, that's not what I was thinking. Who gives a fuck what you were thinking? Yeah, this is exciting. Yeah, this is a new idea. But we trust each Let's other. Let's explore. We trust each other. Though. Yeah, we've known each other for a while. Yeah, so it was it was easy for me to work with you. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it was easy for you. Oh, you fucking me. suck. <laughs> <laughs> you were great, man. And the thing that made it so much fun is because we both read Judith's book, mm-hmm. there were I, I could see you applying it. Yeah, yeah. Which, on one hand, I think an actor could look at that and say, oh, yeah, this director read Judith's book and he's just doing the fucking Judith thing. Mm-hmm. For me, it felt like, wow, this guy really respects what it is that I do he respects the relationship that my job and his job have to have yep. enough that he is actively applying good information. And I know the information, so I, I can see it when he's doing it. Yeah. And it just gave more respect and more trust, you know? Yeah, I mean, that was the that was the move for me, too, is I didn't want to just come in and go, well, I read this in chapter two. And yeah. so, like, I was taking what I had learned, and I've been doing this for months prior to learning all that stuff, um, from Judith West, Weston's book, which is directing actors, and there's a whole episode about it. Go back and listen to it. Um, but I've been just taking that knowledge, not as book knowledge, but as a tool for processing things. And and so what it's done yeah. is it taught me how to do my homework better. And so that's what it was, it was something really great. I knew that you knew the scene that we were doing mm-hmm. because you had seen the movie. And yeah. for those of you listening, we did a scene from Last Boy Scout, which oh, was a lot so of fun. Good. A lot of fun. It was the uh, the strip club scene between Damon Wayans and Bruce Willis. And I had just watched that maybe a month ago. I know. Ago. So I knew it was harder was like, for you. Ah. I knew it was harder for you to do. Because you have to erase Bruce Willis out. Because you, you were dude, playing that's, his But dude, that's how acting classes go as well. Where like you'll get a scene and you've seen that movie. Yeah. And there's tough shit. Yeah. This is your scene. Yeah. You know? And, and I think... It, I remember getting in a, a scene initially when I first started taking class with John Marklin. And... Um, he get the very first scene I got was things we lost in a fire. Mm-hmm. I didn't see him. Who's now at, probably it was my first friend in, in L.A. that I didn't know from the East Coast because you know how it is. We all came out here, so it was like we just kind of had our tribe. Still, it was almost like nothing changed but the weather. Sure. So Noel Miller was the first friend I made in L.A. and has stayed my friend since because of that first scene. No, no kidding. And we did things we lost in a fire, and it's a scene where um, Benicio del Toro's character. Uh, he's an, an addict and his best friend dies. His best friend's wife brings him into their house, to, like help him get clean. But she can't sleep at night because her husband's gone mm-hmm. and she's used to being able to cuddle with him. And so she's trying to convince him, that his friend, who's an addict, who his entire emotional realm is on the thinnest of balances, to just come lay and cuddle with her so she can actually sleep. And it's very emotional and very beautiful. But I had already seen the fucking movie, <laughs> I had already seen it. And I loved it. I love what they did. So then you have to go, okay, I really dig what they did with it. Yeah. What does it mean to me? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So then what can I find over here? Yep. And we found such beautiful moments, not because of the fucking text, not because of this nuance in the script and subtext. What we found was because every time Noel and I rehearsed, we sat and we just shot the shit. Yeah. And we just talked and told each other stories about our lives and shared intimate details about emotions and experiences we had with family and friends. And so by the time we got to shoot the scene, when something moved her, I knew everything that was going on in her head from those stories and it would crush me. Yeah. 
And yeah. we found something new and different. And then I think that's exploration. Like you said, it's the trust. It's the history you have with someone. Yeah. And this motherfucker with this leaf blower. I know. I was just going to say. found the perfect time, <laughs> son of a bitch. Say, I was just going to say. Someone just stepped right into our scene. They're uh, like, yeah, fuck all that acting stuff. Blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I feel like you're just out there just revving the fucking thing. Yeah. I know he's working hard, but come on, man. Every time I set up a fucking microphone. It's like when a kid gets a dirt bike and they just start to kind of like fuck with the carburetor. So they've got it up on the jacks and they're just wang, 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 wang. Dude, put the tires on and move it or just turn the shit off. Uh, Where is he? I don't even know. The suit. Because at some point he climbs up here on the front porch. He climbs up here on the front porch and he just looks in while I'm on the microphone. I got to get him on the show. Yeah. I hope that at some point he just walks up blows the leaves off your porch and flips you off. Yeah. I got to get him. I feel like, man, I would respect the shit out of the guy if he was like, nice podcast. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, somehow he finds the podcast. He's like, you're always talking shit about it. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You got to get him on the show. Now you just got to be like, come, just come inside. Come inside. Just come, come inside. inside. Come sit at this microphone. Let's have a beer and a sandwich. Let's just talk. What, what is it like doing what you do? Yeah. You know what? You said something to me, um, after the, after you talked to Mark Maron's producer. Yes. Uh, about the thing that you love with the show was that it, it it allowed you a deeper space of empathy because it it gave you a a position to get to talk to people, understand where they come from, what they do, how they feel and give you a new perspective. And we're joking about this guy and like, you know, yeah, bring him on the show. But, but I think like being bold enough to go, no, fuck it. Like let's bring that guy on and talk to him too. That's that same thing. It's, It's a level of empathy. It's a level of just being, you know what? I just want to understand. Yeah. Because we sit in here and can go, oh, that guy is fucking loud. Well, what's that side of the coin look like? Of course. He's you out know? there fucking busting his ass. Yeah. I mean, the guy does a really good job at what he does. He's really nice. He's a nice yeah. dude. And it's not his fault that every time I set up a fucking microphone, he's out here rolling his shit, looking in the window, fucking staring at my he's ass. He's like, dude, I do this the same fucking time every day. Figure it out. No, he doesn't. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the fucking problem. If you had a goddamn schedule. Ah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, and dude i've been a landscaper i know what it's like yeah. i know how shitty that fucking job is yeah but uh it just did you, because, did you dislike landscaping when you did it uh i worked the guy that i worked for years ago just sucked he uh. sucked and like uh he had this contract we did this gig and on the cape we lived near the air force base so otis air force base was down there i didn't even know there was an air force base yeah there. right in the center so oh, right shit. in the cape you need a fucking a, naval academy because jaws well, yeah, <laughs> but there, there is, where the fuck is this guy? Anyway, there is an Air Force base uh, there. I hope he's just on the other side of the window, just blowing up the fucking pipes. And, wah, wah. Well, as you listen to the show, you're here in our house. This is what's happening. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend. This is real life that's happening. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to have good fucking audio today. Yeah. It's like he's getting closer. You just got to go to Walmart and buy all those mattress toppers and just line the walls. <laughs> yeah. So full, full disclosure. Um, when George moved in, I, w- I was adamant about trying to make sure the space where I recorded was as as crisp as I could make it. Yes. I didn't think about my acting choices, clearly. Uh, but I thought about the space I was in. And so we bought all these fucking mattress toppers from Target. And I attached them to every fucking wall in the closet <laughs> in my living room. The door, everything. Fucking serial killer. So you open the door and it looks like either I'm going to do a mixtape or someone's getting murdered in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it the sound is so fucking good now. It's so good. Yeah, but it's probably hot. Get, it's, it's hot, hot as, as shit. shit. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, let's do some training. And I was like, I know how the training looks. You get on Zoom with the person, you do the thing, you record. And every time we go between cuts, I'm gonna open that fucking door because I'm sweating my ass off. Oh, dude. There's 
Well, you got to suffer to earn it, Mike. I got to show That's you how, how to I'm do good. There's noise canceling that you can do. Unless there's, you know, a dude outside with the leaf floor. There's noise canceling that you can yeah. do. Because I used to not run the AC, but now I run the AC. You can go fuck yourself, everybody listening. I now run the AC. That's just room tone, Mike. Yeah. It's just room tone. <laughs> yeah, it's a very Nobody notices. Every uh, time I listen to the episodes, I'm like, why doesn't he turn off the AC? It's distracting. <laughs> God damn it. This could be a great podcast, but boy, that AC. Well, or you could be, what was the last thing I got today? I think I posted it. This one I love. I got this, this dude wrote me an email, straight up wrote me an email, love him for doing it. I know he's listening to the show right now. And he goes, uh, love the show. Hey, Mike, love the show. But your 1960s mood, Moog synthesizer music slash farting sawtooth waves in a minor key really gets boring. All the best. I love that he took so much time to flex his vocabulary <laughs> yeah. and, and adjectives a- just to punch it and go, all the best. I love it. He's a musician, so obviously he's got yeah. a beef. And also it's 1980s, not 1960s. We should tell him, well, send me some music of yours and I'll put it on the show. Yeah. I, and I've, me just saying that it's 1980s music and not 1960s, you go, yeah, but the, the Moog was, was developed and created in the 1960s and that's, what, yeah. that's what's going on. I get it. I get it. I love it. I love that you're sending me this feedback. Please do. If you're listening to the show, just send me end, endless feedback like this. I, I take it well. And what yeah. I do, be careful, because what I end up doing is I'll post it to the fans. <laughs> and there's a lot of fucking rabid fans right now, which well, are doing a There's a, great a job. big thing, too, with, with opinions when it comes to art now, especially like film, TV, because that's, that's mostly what we're looking at. It's how we spend a lot of our time is, I don't like this, so it's not good. Yeah, there's a big part not of that. True. Not true. Not yeah. true. You don't like it, and so you just don't like it. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't diminish the thing. Yeah. You know? I, I love bad reviews. They're my favorite. And I don't get a lot of them, and I'm not just flexing by saying that, but mm. when I do get them, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is a good one. Well, if you're going to get a bad review and it's written like that, that's great. Yeah, it's great. I got a bad review once on a performance, and they were like, this guy's nose is white as a Buick. And I was like, well, I, don't, I can't do anything about that. What the fuck? What about my acting? Like, did you enjoy the scene? <laughs> I can't fix my fuck. I mean, like, I could fix my nose, but I'm not, I'm not a fucking asshole. Like, I'm not going to fix my nose. I don't give a fuck about that. Like, where did they put the scene? Was the scene good? Where did you post the clip? Was it on World Star? This was this is when I did the Prince job, and somebody commented. They were like, "This guy's good, but his nose is wide as a Buick. It's definitely oh not Prince." And I was like, "Is my nose fucking wide?" <laughs> and then I was like, "You know what, man? Fuck this person. Like, I like my fucking nose." Also, the person who said his nose was bigger than mine. So I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> this is literally the puck all the kettle black. I was like, "Ah, fuck off, whatever." <laughs> and I'm so grateful that like. The bad review that I got in that moment, and there was a bunch of other bullshit because, you know, again, there's the fan base. Right, you're playing Prince. But that was yeah. the one that was so ridiculous. I was like, oh, none of this matters. Yeah, no, none of this fucking no, matters, man. Matters. All right, so next up, we should talk about our affiliates. And I've been excited about this for a while now. Lance and I have been trying to get in the same room because we teamed up with Manscaped. And you guys have heard me do some of the reads on the show. But one of the things that I had talked to Manscaped about was that I also wanted to send it to one of my frequent guests on the show so i sent you a razor yet did you get the package i did get the package i did you haven't used it yet right i have not okay well so i think what we're going to do here this is a very controversial thing to do on a podcast but also i think perfect for a podcast it's perfect because you know we don't have to be ashamed about doing this no we're here for the audience. It's questionable. The it's questionable that we're going to potentially be doing this together. That's a questionable thing. Mike, I think let's not tease them with it. <laughs> let's just do this thing. So, so what we're thinking about doing is uh, 
is uh, actually testing out the new 4.0 in the same room, not looking at each other. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're not crossing streams. We'll, we're not sword fighting. We'll face other directions. Yeah, but we'll try this thing out for the first time. But before I get in into advance, it, I want to apologize to Gina for having to sweep later. Yeah, exactly. Because oh wow, what does that mean? You got long. You got some long grass going over there. Is that what's going on? Listen, um, it's been a while. All right. So I, <laughs> when you said, "Oh, we're setting your manscape clippers," I was like, "Wait, like for your balls?" <laughs> Perfect. So I need this. So support. I'm gonna read first. Support for in love with the process is brought to you by Manscape. This is why you have this really awkward little segment that we're about to do. <laughs> uh, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming? Champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. <laughs> I love the reads on this. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, uh, the Lawnmower 4.0. There she is. Now I didn't turn on a vibrator. <laughs> that is the 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. And then two men here that are about to trust Manscaped. With this exclusive for you offer, uh, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code uh, listed within our bio. Um, I think it's just uh, IWP, but it's in it's below the bio. You would think I would have written that down, but I didn't. At manscaped.com. So just click the link in our description of the show, and that'll take you to where it needs to be. So, uh, yeah. You shave your nuts. Well, yeah. I mean, so what is your philosophy on, on, on ball shaving? Okay, here's my thing. Okay. It, if it, Okay, if you've got nothing going on romantically... Fuck it, do <laughs> right. do whatever you feel. Or leave the sweat. But if you're on. getting yeah. if you're getting active, if you if you're in the midst of romance, I think you need to take care of some shit because let's let's be honest. I mean, sweat and bacteria and all that shit holds up in hair, and you're being yes. intimate with a woman, and there's there's some real ramifications to her body when that's going on. Never mind <laughs> yourself, ladies. We're doing this for you. It's about y'all. <laughs> so when we when you're in the bathroom and you hear the. <laughs> just leave us alone where do you hear this give us our time um, it's for you yeah yeah i agree with you man i think that you know like if i was gonna go out and if i was gonna go on a date i'd trim up my beard a bit clean myself up yeah i'm not necessarily the type of dude that is uh you know you know squeaky clean kind of guy but yeah. you know, i'll do some i'll do some cleaning yeah and, and you the, get older too and you're like i want a little something going on i don't need to be baby smooth well dude but also in the past i haven't really used a trimmer for that i've been that guy that is like are you using like like a fucking bic i'm using i'm using fucking jesus i'm using scissors scissors <laughs> yeah. what is the fucking salon you putting vo5 in it what are you doing <laughs> neanderthal bike <laughs> This is why you need this, because you should not be using scissors to trim your ball, anything near your D&Bs. It's, it's, like, it's like, hey, let me put a tiny two-pair sword next to the business. I just like that it's outrageous. It's, 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 it keeps me on my toes, keeps Fuck my blood no. pumping. No, no, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> I'm so glad you're telling me this now. So I feel like years ago, I'd be like, Mike, what the fuck are you doing? Don't do that to yourself. What if your hand slips? All right, all right. So uh, uh, we're gonna try this out. I think we gotta try. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. So you turn that. You turn turn this way. Hold on. All right. So you turn that way, and then I'll turn the other way. Uh, Hold on. I dropped my chapstick. 
Yeah, there you go. It's there not you. needed, but I don't want to forget it. There you go. So, <clears throat> and then here, this is the last time I'm going to hand you Mike, something. Mike, fucking don't look this way, bro. I'm not looking that way. You right. just keep your head turned in the other direction. <clears throat> so, um, all right. Will this get us canceled, or, or will we get to make movies after this? I, I don't think this is going to get. This isn't cancelable. We're we're actually yeah. This, this is, is growth. This is progressive. This is, gro- this is progressive as fuck. Right. We're cleaning things up. Yeah. We're making sure that we're cool dudes. That's for, right. I'm not really dating there's, right there's now. There's health consciousness. I'm I'm trying to date right now. I need this. <laughs> I can't show up. I already look like Bob Ross with this hair and beard. I got a big fro going on, all right? I can't have that all be top to bottom. See, I can never surprise Gina this by, is... by shaving my beard. I will never be able to do that because I'm not going to shave this beard off. This beard is always going to be here, but I can surprise her in another way. So that's what I'm thinking. No more ball beard. That's right. No more. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, all right, all right. So, yeah, okay, hold on. Let me get, there we go, double down. All right, hold on. Let's see what's happening here. They have this this guard on it that's pretty good. Ooh. It's getting, it's getting aggressive. I caught some skin, my bad. <laughs> it's getting aggressive, hold on. Oh. You 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 need to do this more often. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like there's a lot more on your side. What the fuck, Mike? I'm just doing some housekeeping. You're like doing an overhaul. Let me just say that I gotta get through the woods. It's like you know, there's a machete. I gotta get through the jungle here. Hold on. There we go. There we go. All right, hold on. We're not going to go through the whole process. You're going to need a blow dryer or something. There's no way you're sweeping up whatever that was. Oh, all right. Listen to this. See, nice and clean and smooth. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I I don't feel bad. I'm not going to show you my work. but uh, I don't want to see your work. I'm going to set it down. I'm setting down the clippers. I'm not looking. All right. But it it feels... I felt safe. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, I'm glad I made you feel safe. Not you. I mean the clippers. I felt (laughs) safe using the clippers. Mike, I get it. You don't got to lie for the audience. You felt safe with me. Yeah, it was interesting. So here's here's what I say to you guys. Join us. Join us in cleaning up your uh, your stuff. Join us in cleaning up your junk. You know, have a little respect. Uh, Sign up for Manscaped. Uh, Get a new thing. Use our promo code listed in the bio. And then... uh, I don't want pictures. I don't want you guys sending me stuff. I don't want to see how pretty Send me it looks. Pictures. I go on oh scale. my! You <laughs> what? I've opened the floodgates. I am putting Do your it. Lance's information will be in the description of his <laughs> bio. Because I'm just gonna come over here and show you. Oh, he wants pictures. It'll be apparently. really good material to make jokes oh with on dates. Oh my god, dude! Listen, let me know if you're personally sporting a smooth chassis. Well, you're gonna know. <laughs> you're gonna know. All right, guys. So you know the deal. Like I said. Uh, you can get 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code listed within the description of this episode at manscaped.com. Uh, thank you, everybody. Click on that and really consider it um, and do it now because we have to have enough people. I love, I, I just out these companies. I don't care. We have to have enough people sign up for Manscaped to stick around. So if you're thinking about doing it, do it now. Do it right now. Join me and Lance. Clean your shit up. And uh, I'll let you know what Gina thinks, because I'm going to scare her later. She's going to see yeah. something that she's never seen before. She's like, what's this eel? <laughs> Shave your nuts. Your uh, lovers will thank you. Uh, wow. Oh God. Can you do the Godzilla sound? Do you uh, have the, or the T-Rex? Can you do the T-Rex now I have after to that? pull it up. I, I have think to you need to follow it up. up with that. I have to pull it up. Hold up right here. <laughs> <laughs> I still have it. <laughs> 
I still have all the sound effects from the uh, Chris so Carey and Rick episode on here. Um, I could live my entire life and never hear Dave Matthews Band again. And be really, <laughs> really, really happy. Sorry, Chris. Oh, God, yeah. You're both me and Rick felt the same <laughs> way. We were just like, oh, Dave Matthews, really? Stop! <laughs> uh, but the thing that's great now is that it is in like an echoless chamber and that yeah. there are people responding and reacting and it feels really good, man. It, it's... Yeah. We're, we're over four years now on the show mm-hmm. so it's it's uh finally and this show is actually a really great example of of longevity of of how to you know stick it out because when i first started to do the podcast the numbers were very low and it was just like no one fucking gives a shit why am mm-hmm. i fucking doing mm-hmm. this and what's going on and you stick it out there? and you just stick it out you stick it out I had a conversation with an actress last night and uh, it's like, he just waited for you to start. She's here there. That's her. (laughs) Uh, No, we had a conversation about just the career and, and, and the big break and all these things, right? Cause you get closer and closer. And so you start to try to figure out how, how do you define what that is? And the only thing that I could land on in terms of getting there was just, just don't quit. Yep. Just don't quit. Yep. I thought I said either I'm going to die or this is going to happen. Yeah. And I don't know what it means. I don't, no one knows what happens after you die. So that's already, that, that could be an exciting thing. But I know if I don't quit, eventually this will happen. And yeah. so every day you wake up and just try your best not to be an asshole, which shouldn't be as hard as it is to other people as it seems. But just every day get up. Just try to be an asshole. Stick it out. Stay, stay the course of your thing. Follow through, pile drive it, and punch it, man. Yeah. it's t- I get it. And it's tough because it is such a... It is such a fucking like a like it, it really beats the fuck out of you, man. And that the the industry really does run you through it. And if you're mm-hmm. listening, it will like it does. Yeah. And I thought it wouldn't to me. I'm like, look, I've done God, all the hard yeah. work, um, but it still does. And and then there's this level. I th- yeah, I could talk about it on the show. There there is this level of uh, you know having to take care of yourself. That's it. And then having to take care of yourself physically, having to take care of yourself mentally, like, uh, you know, hitting a point where you're trying to do other things than this and you're trying to have other Mm -hmm. hobbies than this, which is like very important. And then Mm -hmm. there also hit a point with me and I haven't talked about this yet, but I will. They hit a point with me where um, this business is so taxing and so emotionally taxing at, at times where you're up and down, you're left and right, you're angry, you're not, you're happy, you're sad. Mm-hmm. It's just so fucking crazy um, that it starts to tax the people around you and it starts to tax the people mm-hmm. closest to you. And uh, I've got a really solid relationship with Gina. She's fucking amazing and incredibly, yeah, incredibly supportive. But there hits a point when I just realize that I'm like dumping and dumping and dumping. Yeah. And she has points where she's dumping on me because she's also in the business in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so recently I just did it. I, I, and this is so weird for me. It's awkward um, because I never thought I would do this. And it sounds like the most L.A. thing in the world to this blue collar fucking guy from Boston. Mm-hmm. But recently I just got therapy. So no just, shit. Yeah, recently just signed up for therapy. Congratulations, man. Yeah, it's good. And it's, it's good. And it's not. I feel like whenever I say that, I have to like, and this is my history. So I feel like whenever I say that, I have to sort of caveat it, where it's like it's, you don't got to defend that shit. You don't got to yeah. explain it, man. Yeah, it, we 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 all are well enough into this thing at this point to know how beneficial that is. Yeah, and and it's not even about it just benefiting you; it's benefiting the people around you. That's kind of it. And 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 for me. 
it's been nice because it's just, I never thought about it the same way I never thought about massages. So mm-hmm. like you, you, at one point you'd hear a massage, you go, oh, fancy. Yeah. You know, you've got some money for yeah. a fucking massage. You, you paid yeah. someone to rub your fucking back in a little bit and you're feeling yeah. good today. But then as you get older and your knees start hurting and your back starts hurting, you're doing camera work and your fucking shit's really sucking. And then you go because you're, you're, you've tweaked your back out and you're having back spasms and you have to go to a physical therapist and the guy's like fucking running these muscles out. And he's like, dude, you need to get massaged more often if you're going to do this so that your body doesn't tense up like this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is like preventative stuff. Yeah. Oh, why does my insurance not cover this? Like there hits this point where you're like, right? Um, and so it's kind of the same thing. I'm learning this, the same thing with therapy where I'm not necessarily going to work out childhood shit. I like mm-hmm. when I was talking to the therapist initially, I was like, I feel like this isn't going to be a hard session for you. <laughs> Cause I was just <laughs> like, I don't have all sorts of baggage. I don't have all this kind of stuff that I assume. Cause I watch a lot of movies with therapists in it yeah. that I understand what therapy is. Um, but I was just like, no, like this is what I'm dealing with and this is the business and this is how it frustrates me and this is what's going on. And mm. the thing I like about it the most at this point, A, I figured out how to get the healthcare to cover it, but B, um, it's just a dump. So like I can just go there and just dump on this person who has like no connection whatsoever to anything mm-hmm. or anybody that I know or anything yeah. that's going on. They're under a code of ethics where they're not allowed to share whatever the fuck I want to say. Unless I'm going to murder people and shit like that, then they have to. But, you know, I just leave that out. I won't bring that up. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, and then, you know, talk about, you know, my shit. And it's nicer because then what I used to do would be like get off a fucking irritating phone call or off a depressing phone call and just walk into the room and just dump it on Gina and just be like fuck and then she, and then an hour and a half later it's like hey are you gonna ask me about how my day was yeah, exactly and you and it's it's not a dig at, at, at the person you're with it's it's we get so caught up in that shit yeah and then we blow it all off and i've had that moment where dating someone and, and i've had this day and i get on the phone blah, 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 and 90 minutes later hey so you're gonna ask me how my day was and i'm like oh fuck yeah sorry i'm sorry yeah, and like, so you need it, man. Yeah. The therapy is good, you know? It's, it's the, that's the mental massage. Yeah. Just like yeah, getting yeah. outside, getting active is good. Meditation is good. It's weird because we come from that very blue collar realm where all this shit is, ah, it's bullshit, da da da. But then we have to think about, well, who was telling us that? It was people who, uh, our parents' generation, where these just weren't things. Yeah. These weren't things you did because they were told to suck it up and move on and power through. Right, and they some of them died fucking like completely yeah. un, unhappy and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's good, man. Like I think it's, it, and I think it's a good thing to share on the show because this show has kind of been therapy for me in general. Mm. You know what I mean? And so I think the difference between my therapy session and this show is that I could say shit my therapy session that I would not say on this show. That's fair. You know, that's fair. Just because of you know, you never know. Mike's like sometimes I like to have peanut butter on my feet. I don't know. Yeah. Why that, can you tell me why that is? <laughs> They're like, what do you do when you put the peanut on your feet? I just kind of like walk around. I get these random boners. Gina hates it. She used to like come by and like clean up all my little paw prints. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's good. And I think that, you know, we'll see. It's playing out. It's weird. I, I still I still feel like that. 
I still feel like that Boston dude that, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like you're forced to go into a thing sometimes and you're like, nah, what the fuck is this all about? You know? Well, I'm this just, is why I asked the question earlier, like, what's the big lie you tell yourself, right? Because we got to get more comfortable with having deeper conversations. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The other night we hung out and we talked about just like family shit and dads and like yeah. our relationship with our dads. And it's nice, man. We, we forget that like, when we hang out with each other and we're in this business, like we don't have to just talk about the business. Fuck like the business, we yeah. can talk about personal shit too. Yeah. And years in, especially like you go on dates, like challenge the person you're on the date with talk about deep, meaningful shit. Mm-hmm. If they're the right one for however long, I mean, you'll be able to engage in that conversation. And mm-hmm. I think we, there's so much going on in the world. We have so many feelings about all kinds of things. Have those hard conversations with people. Yeah. No, you're right, because a lot of the stuff that we talk about is just processed, and it's just coming yeah. off of our fucking feeds. And-, and it's good for us to talk about the hard things and the difficult thoughts we have and, and, and have an honest conversation with somebody, but also listen to them. Mm-hmm. Listen to what they feel. Or if somebody comes to you and you happen to be the person that they approach and say, oh, this person is coming over here because they want to talk about this thing. Mm-hmm. Somebody listen to you. Shut the fuck up and listen to them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's a big piece of me too that's like, if my job is supposedly telling stories about human beings, then I should know how to do this. And then there is something nice about being emotionally open to your actors and your talent and to the story. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, so practice it in your daily life. Yeah. Be emotionally open to other people. Yeah. I'll tell you a good story. Uh, Last week I did this, uh, I did a product campaign. I was peeing for this product campaign. Oh yeah, you've been PA. Yeah, yeah. And and of course, you know, when it gets in any time of any time you do a fashion shoot, you know, it's 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 very highbrow. We could call it bougie. Sure. But at a certain point you just go, it's my fucking job, man. And and I went to do a crafty run and I was literally just sent to get coconut waters. A very specific, <laughs> a very specific type and amount of coconut waters. Mm-hmm. So we need um Four of these, six of these, smalls and larges. Okay, great. I Google it. Ah, oh, Target's got them. Target's on the street. I go to Target. I get there. Typically, when this happens, especially on fashion shoots, whatever they want is gonna be a motherfucker to find. Mm-hmm. So you just, just, you just kind of go into it knowing, like, get a good parking space because the first store I'm gonna end up leaving in like two minutes because they're not gonna have it. And I go into this Target and I get into the aisle with the juices, and lo and behold, it's right there. Not only is it right there, it's the exact amount that they asked for. <laughs> now, it's everything that's left on the shelf for this particular item, but it's exactly what I need. Holy shit. So I'm like, my fuck, this is going to be great because I'm going to get the hard to find thing and come back quick. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this guy's a great PA. <laughs> and so I scoop all of them and I put them in the cart and I'm sitting there looking at something. I like punch up the GPS to go back. And this old couple comes by and they go, oh, you found them. Like, what do you mean? It's the only thing in my car. It's like, oh, yeah, the coconut water. Yeah, 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 I found them. I know. And they go, oh, where did you get them from? I'm like, (sighs) (laughs) I found them over there in that empty space because I took all of them. Yeah. And they go, oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, sorry, man. They they wanted all, uh, you know. And... I'm sitting there and like I go from like GPS into bullshit on my phone for a second and I watch the couple come back around with one of the Target employees and the husband is standing here across from me with the employee. She's like, yeah, I'm going to check the back. And he goes, yeah, but like, do you want to look at this? Do you want to see this? And initially my immediate thought is, 
this motherfucker's telling on me? Oh, because you've like, taken all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, like, is this fucking guy telling on me? Are you fucking kidding? Ooh. And so I take my headphone. I go, I'm sorry, what's going on? He goes, oh, nothing. You're, you're fine. You're fine. And I'm like, oh, this motherfucker. Oh, to say that? This okay. son of a bitch is okay. going to, he's fucking ratting me out. And like, dude, I can take as many of these as I fucking want. It's for, they're for sale. Yeah. That's what, that's what we're here to do is to make a purchase. <laughs> and then it dawns on me. He wasn't fucking telling on me. He was asking the girl if she wanted to look at what was in my cart because there was none on the shelf to point to. He just wanted to make sure she went to the back and looked, looked for the right ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. And at this moment, I shit you not, I'm looking at what's in my cart and I'm like, do they really fucking need all of these on set? How many things have I brought onto set for crafty or food or whatever the fuck that never get used? How much of this at the end of the job on Saturday Am I going to get asked, like every other PA, just, do you want to take any of this home? Yeah, right. It happens all the time. I brought three cases of drinks home from this job. I know it's going to happen. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, should I fucking just give them? They only wanted two. Like, should I just fucking give them the two of them and just call it a day? And as I'm thinking about it, I look up and no bullshit. A guy comes around the corner in a t-shirt that says, in big fucking letters, be kind. And I was like, God damn it. Ah. I said, hey, hey, um, you, how many did you need? They're like, oh, just two, just two. I was like, here, dude, just, just, you know, we'll be, we'll be okay on set. You go ahead, and take them. I give them to him. I know, no bullshit. The lady that was with her husband tried to pay me out of pocket really? for giving them the two. Really? She wanted to reimburse me for the fact that I gave up the two on the shelf that I hadn't even paid for. It cost me nothing to pull it off the shelf, and she was gonna pay me for those two. And I said, no, no, don't, don't, don't worry about, it. don't worry about, it. don't worry about it, man. It's fine. Wow. And it was those little moments, those little moments like that. You go, you just start to think about other people. You just start to empathize a little bit more and go, maybe I open up a little more. Maybe I have more conversations. Maybe I consider the other side. And instead of going, well, what the fuck is this guy pointing and looking at me for? He's He's not criticizing you. He's looking at your situation, trying to get help. Yeah, that's very East Coast too. That comes Mm -hmm. from the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, dude, that's um, that's a good story. Be kind, man. So you took the money, right? <laughs> I took the money, and when they got to the register, I snuck by and I snatched both uh, both coconut waters. Cash and your waters. What did you learn? <laughs> that was wonderful, man. I definitely got back to set with a pep in my step, and and gave them the coconut waters, and they drank like fucking two of them. And then the producer just shat matter. all over you, right? Yeah. <laughs> what took you so fucking long? Yeah. Now they were great, man. Uh, that's that awesome. Was a wild dude. job. Um, well, where are we at? Oh, this has been good. Um, I think we're going to have to trip or did somebody walk on your porch a second so ago? So Gina just did. That's why I got distracted oh. in the middle of the story. I don't know if she's locked outside or what's going on. I don't know if she's like connected. Oh, so we got to wrap this floor. up if she's locked outside. Yeah, whatever. She can stay outside. She's not like, you son of a bitch. Stay right outside. That's where you belong. <laughs> we haven't been in the dog door yet for her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, dude, uh, thanks for being on the show again. Uh, I think you me. currently hold the title for the most episodes yeah because you've been on what three if not i've been coming four. on this fucking show since you were in the attic in boston that's right i was like stop ubering come by that's right it's been a yeah. while yeah it's been a while yeah everything's forward for me i just don't go back that's and look it. at the episodes that's it. so um awesome dude well uh you and i we gotta wrap this up too because lance and i are going to an advanced screening tonight yeah we don't know what Wonder it Brothers. is this is int- it, yeah. I'm still trying. I've been guessing the whole way here because it was like they say, 
I get what you were like, like I said, it would be released by 2023. Oh, yes. And so I'm like... Okay, so if it was 2023, what the fuck movie is this? Okay, well, so the audience doesn't know what you're talking about. So basically, what happens for these advanced screenings is they send us an email, and it comes from a specific studio, and they go, would you like to see an action movie next Wednesday? And they go, it kind of is like these movies. And they mm-hmm. send you like a list of movies that it could be like. Yeah. And then uh, they are like, you have to be here at a certain time. We have to go there early tonight, because last time I wasn't there early. Yeah. And go through the COVID protocol and all that kind of shit. And then you get in, and then they... They tell you what movie it is. You just don't yeah. know. Once they take your phones from you, once you don't have your phones on you, then they, they let you know. Um, I'm still not allowed to tell you what the last one was, but the last <sighs> one was cool. It we was went to that. Um, what was the list? I think we could talk about the list of movies. Yeah, the comps were Black Adam. Yep. Um, the Matrix Resurrections. It was the Matrix. Super part. Pets. And like fucking King Richard. The Will Smith movie. So, so I really have no idea. Yeah, like what? it's it's kind of a wide net. I'm like, okay, there's a lot of superhero like kick-ass stuff in here, but it's an action thriller. So I'm like, I kind of expect this. But then you throw in King Richard and the Super Pets. I'm like, I have I have no idea. Yeah, no idea. I have no idea. And they said it was going to be released in 2023 or prior to 2023. Yeah, that's what they said. So I don't think it's 2023. Yeah, but it would be 2022 for sure. Yeah, because what the fuck footage would they have now? Yeah, I can't imagine. Like yeah. this, this is going to be very rough if it's 2023. Yeah. Well, anyway, you guys will never know about it. So suck that. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, eventually, when these things come out, I will be able to tell you these yeah. different screenings. And, and we actually definitely should you. do an episode about the last one we saw. Yeah. And there's one that you didn't go to, the one that I saw. Fuck prior off. To that, I don't want to fucking talk about it. That one was the best one. I had, I had a ticket too. I had a ticket. I know. So when you have a PA on set, just know that one of them probably has a ticket to an event screening they're very excited about. And they're here working hard for you, not complaining, because they got to pay rent. Just appreciate them.